Body Armor Edge is sports hydration with a boost of caffeine. With a hundred milligrams of caffeine and a thousand milligrams of electrolytes, Body Armor Edge is boosted hydration for today's athlete. Get your Body Armor Edge today at your local Kroger. Hey guys, there's no better time to sign up for TVG because right now you can get a 50% first deposit match up to $250 to bet the Derby coming up next week on Saturday, May 7th. That's right, new players can get a 50% deposit match up to $250 when they sign up using our promo code WHBE. Now, TVG gives you all the tools you need to help bet like a pro. You'll get access to free picks, race previews, and so much more. So sign up with promo code WHBE and get a 50% first deposit match up to $250 exclusively on TVG.com and the Watch TVG app. Agent residency restrictions apply. New users only must place first qualifying deposit within 15 days to sign up. Bonus issued a non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 30 days. See terms at TVG.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Tired of eating the same homemade meals over and over again? Want to switch it up? LocallyOwnedDelivery.com safely brings the restaurants to you. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner. They'll bring it to you. Delivery.com delivers some of the finest restaurants in Metro Louisville. Miss going out to eat but still want to support your favorite restaurants? Delivery.com has got you covered. Use promo code order now for $10 off your next order. Sit back, relax, your meal's on its way. Delivery.com. We bring the restaurants to you. Time now for Kentucky Derby 148 pre-race coverage with the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Presented by Single Barrel Cigar Company on ESPN Louisville. Now, live from Churchill Downs, here's Mike Gandolfo, Megan Devine, and Louis Rabot. All right, Mike Gandolfo here from the Horse Racing Happy Hour. All right, we are live from Churchill Downs, Kentucky one, Kentucky Derby 148. And uh, listen, before we get going, i got to introduce my co-host, Louis Rabot, who's got no big news. Uh, howdy, howdy. Except Louis did hit the uh, first race at the Horseshoe Indiana. What are we calling <laughs> Sponsors of the show, yeah. Horseshoe Indianapolis. There yeah. you are. We are also sponsored by Single Barrel Cigars, so make sure you go check out the Single Barrel Cigar Company on well, Instagram. one to start the day. Yep. But uh, Megan Devine is here with us again. And Megan, I am. Last year, you got engaged. The year before that, I got a hefty speeding ticket. Well, speeding right. ticket. <laughs> so we went from speeding ticket to engaged. Best. Now, Derby 148, you got to keep the big announcements going. What's your big announcement? Uh, yeah, no. So, I mean, I just figure, why not just have everything go on Derby Day? It's a, sure. it's a big day. My husband is the, now husband, is the photographer here. So, we're like crazy busy. And, uh... Yeah, we just decided that today we'd announce that we are having a baby. <laughs> All right, Megan's going to have a baby. It means like the so due date is like That what? means that I is in November. Yeah, so, so that's I a can't, good time. I can't, uh, I can't drink any mint juleps or any oaks lilies. I'll drink them for or, you. Or, I, I mean, like I signed on to do some work for a bourbon festival this summer. I don't know what's wrong with me. That's just torture, you know? Yeah, well, you know, I'll, I'll take it all. And I'll I can't all smoke you. any single barrel cigars, which I'm really sad about. Well, that's okay. Yeah. All right, I'll smoke them all for you, too. Drinking. <laughs> um, You're going to be really busy. <laughs> it, listen, I'll take one for the show. Okay. <laughs> so, um, all right, so we are live from Churchill Downs. It's going to be a great day. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what we learned about 
from the Oaks yesterday. It was amazing to see 87-year-old D. Wayne Lucas. 86? 86-year-old D. Wayne Lucas. Or, or just Wayne Lucas, as he's really known uh-huh. in the horse world. Uh, getting it done. And I loved his press conference, man. I mean, he was just fantastic in the press conference. I was like telling Louie, like, as a business owner, I just wanted to take notes on (laughs) Wayne Lucas and what he was saying. Okay, so if you haven't watched the press conference, why? What do you mean? Well, I mean, first off, he was talking about, you know, the first one, it was really important for his career. But after that, it was like, you know, how important it is for the owners that he deals with. You know, so I resonate with that quite a bit, like, uh, you know, helping others and just helping other people achieve their goals and you're going to achieve your goals. And I just think that was an amazing lesson right there. Uh, well, I thought it was cool, too, because the owners um, actually were just two people that moved to Lexington, Kentucky, and bought a farm, bought, bought some a house with some land, and sure. he, the husband got... Uh, the Mitchells, right? Is that yeah. Dr. Yes. Mitchell's got, wife, Stacy. I think it's Robert Mitchell, maybe? But um, anyways, bought his wife a, a quarter horse to ride around, and so she was like, okay, cool. And then somebody said, hey, you should really get your horse a friend. They like to have friends. You know, they're herd animals. So it's like, okay. And then they did that, and it was a thoroughbred mare for one dollar that they bought, and that started the bloodlines that produced Secret Oath. Wow! <laughs> it really, it was Essentially, amazing. Secret Oath again didn't even get. And they're not a big operation; like they don't have they you know hundreds mares, of horses. That, yeah, they, like, like it, it's essentially what I could have in my backyard. That's the size of the operation. Which you do have three horses, four horses. I have like six horses. Six horses. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's grown quite a bit. None of them are brood mares, though. We got to get into that. We next. do have a race going off right now, Louis. Um, not that a race that it's what an allowance race that we don't necessarily have to like go-to but yeah yeah it's an allowance race my two is my pick here is out on the lead which means he has no shot of winning the seven is going to be or excuse me the four is going to be your favorite coming out of that um two's already dropped by back. saying you mean no shot of winning you mean because you picked it not because it's on the lead Ouch. yes correct okay. i didn't want anybody to think there was a track bias going needless on. besmirchment just like drink. a louis bias yeah louis bias yeah, <laughs> yeah. the dairier the downs yeah uh-huh. there you go by the way find us on the ups jobs text line 437-9680-502-437-9680 wherever you're listening uh, around the world around the country whatever it might be. Thanks for joining us here. Kentucky Derby Day, Churchill Downs. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, in fact, your pick has been passed in yep, the there stretch goes the there. There goes the four. So the four surfer dude for uh, Dallas Stewart is out there in front. Looks like the eight. Oh, man, this is going to be second, nice But charge, the five is much. charging there on the outside. So better hold off. Oh. Oh, it's going to be good. Okay. Four holds off. Four, eight, four, eight three. three. There it is. All right. So, um. I also just love D-Wayne is like no filter D-Wayne yesterday, too. You know, just taking it off, taking uh, Mike Pataglia to task in a funny way. I mean, he's a cowboy. It was I'll awesome. tell you like it is. It was fantastic. And just, uh, you know, shouting out his grandkids. And he just, it just seems like you he just understood what it was all about. Well, you know? that and I will say, I don't know if he does it at every racetrack. I'll have to check. But I know for sure at Oakland Park, um, every time that Dwayne Lucas wins any race, whether it's a stakes race or, you know, just a smaller race or whatever, he brings in a kid that's, like, standing around, like, cheering whatever in the race, brings him into the winner's circle, and then goes and buys him a photo. And so all he wants to do is, like, spread horse racing to the younger generation and really try to get them to, to get involved. And I think that's so cool and so important for our sport, too. So, uh, Louie. 
You've been very quiet today. But no, you're good. I'm, we sorry, also I'm, got I'm, I'm We're just I'm doing technical things. I'm actually trying to be a technology person. <laughs> I, I love it. Okay. Uh, but we also heard that oath, Secret Oath was never really pointed to the Kentucky Derby. Do you buy that? I don't yes. know. Yes. He said that multiple times. Yeah. I asked Louie the question. Listen, okay. Listen, Franco. I understand it's in there. But sorry. No, no just joking. Franco. I'm not sorry. Louie? She's not sorry at all. That's at least sorry she's <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, okay, right. Ariana. <laughs> I, um... I don't believe Do you them? know who Ariana Grande is? Yes. That All right, I, I finally got one. There you go. <laughs> Mike does not it's know who Ariana Grande is. a little young for me, actually. Yeah, I do. But... I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I'm 30 today, so. Happy birthday, Megan. Yeah. Also, happy mm-hmm. birthday to my. Oh, oh we oh. just. Oh, my gosh. Happy birthday to my uh, my godmother is her birthday today. Okay. Well, there you go. Happy birthday to my. She is, she is not turning 30. She is not turning 30. I, yeah. And then uh, we also got to give a shout out to little Liam in Knoxville, who's at Megan's first communion. That's true. So, there all right. There we go. All right. Got all the shout outs out all of the way. All the shout outs out of the way. Yeah. Um, so, Louie, do you believe that? If I don't believe that at all. I think they were absolutely thinking about the Derby. Um, I do think uh, that they were smart to run in the Oaks. I think they were shown to be smart to run in the Oaks. And I think the show's sort of general opinion has been the entire time that running in the Oaks was the best for a secret, for sure. Now, I did find that they had like three bullet points of reasoning the purse, the graded level of the, of the race. They had already run a grade three, they wanted to win a grade two. All of those things actually did make sense, but frankly, you could just point to the Oaks and win a grade one doing that. So I don't know. They, back and forth, but I'm sure the third place check for the Arkansas Derby was, was plenty, and, and they're doing fine now, especially after first place check. Yeah, I mean, the point was made that uh, the fantasy is a grade three, just like right. the honeybee. So they were like, okay, well, I've got a mayor now with a grade three. So yeah. let's go get a grade one. And they took a shot. And, uh, and again, a lot has been made about the trip that Secret Oath had. And. The other thing that Wayne Lucas talked about was going to, as he calls him, Louis Saez. Yeah, Louis Saez. Louis Saez and just saying, hey, keep it simple back there. And just mm-hmm. kind of be patient. Yeah. And, uh, and that's exactly what happened. And then he made a – Louis Saez made a great move to kind of split that gap and just, uh, you know, win the race. I mean, what did you see, Megan? Yeah, I thought it – well, actually, to be honest with you, uh, I was at the finish line, so it, my vantage point is a little bit different, so I didn't really get to see Secret Oath, uh, you know, until – just through the lens of my camera until she was kind of making that move. But I, I know we talked about it yesterday. I thought that she um, – I believe it was Luis Contreras, the board last time, made a little bit of a premature move, in my opinion. So I think that waiting was definitely the right thing for her. I mentioned that physically she looked to be a much better body type in my opinion which actually that held up where was Kathleen O you oh, know in oh. traffic yeah right oh. exactly in traffic yep. and also I just don't think that a Philly like that handles this track uh, as well so secret oath you know we mentioned I, I was walking in I did the walkover next to her and just looking over at her I was like oh my gosh this horse is just built she's incredible yep. and so you know you see a horse like that and you think man this is just she's gonna do well over over the Churchill Down surface I mean look at I'm showing you a video right now yeah yeah. That's her. She looks like That's a her yeah, in person. Right. She yep. looks like a colt. Yep. was impressive. Yeah. yeah. Any, any other horses really stand out to you uh, from yesterday? I actually, look, I, coming out on the track, I thought the same thing about Nest. Actually, built really well. She's yeah. a beautiful filly, really professional. She's so fun to good follow. Second. And frankly, this 3-0 filly crop, which we thought was very good, is very good, frankly, after that race yesterday. And so uh, I don't know how I feel about Secret Oath going to the Preakness, which uh, was the other part that was that essentially – Lucas would not. He said it's a possibility, at least, right? And right. so, um, mm-hmm. I, I 
I don't know how I feel about that. It would be fine. I don't know that I want that I would want if I owned her to run back on two weeks because mm-hmm. um, she seemed to run really well off of five weeks. And so if she can go run in the acorn and run well, I think that's if, if I if I were the Mitchells, which I certainly am not. Right. I, I think I'd be pointing for the acorn. Well, I mean, I think you're, you're kind of like me. I, I love the acorn. I think the acorn. Oh, for sure. Like one of my favorite races. If I'm a Philly and just trying to like gear towards if that you're distap, a Philly. <laughs> if I was a Philly, if I identified as a Philly, <laughs> all right, like so, Philly. Well, yeah, Philly I mean, for the weekend. Yeah, I think I think it's certainly worth considering for them, and I and I hope they do. Obviously, they are something that's on the table. I wouldn't be surprised um, if they do. You know, you have to tell always how a horse comes out of the race. Do they eat up well the next day uh, or that night? You know, and and how much weight they lose in between because that's another thing. But I, I think the big takeaway is just that you know look at the face the fields that she faced there we talked about the oaklawn path to the kentucky oaks being really light right like some of those races we talked about them on the horse racing happy hour week to week it was more like allowance races thursdays at eight o'clock. Races. yeah thursdays eight o'clock you can tune in um and you know that that wasn't uh maybe the case for her she just was so much better than the rest we'll have to go back and watch those replays and be like how much did she actually try or was she just trotting out there right. <laughs> essentially um and then, yeah, the the also the fact that she ran against a pretty good race against Cyberknife and Barber Road and some other horses in here. So I think it'll be really interesting to see their performances today. Yes. And also think if, if we don't have, like, a, a huge standout performance, you know, would she have done? How would she have fared? I, I think that's a really good point by you in that if you really think a lot of Secret Oath, like, go to the Preakness, then why right. the heck would you not like Cyberknife today? Totally. Like, a lot, a lot, frankly. And especially yeah. at that price, my goodness. So my yeah. draft is looking really good, then. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> my draft of Barrio, Messe, and Cyberknife. Yeah. You know, I know Megan loves her epicenter. I do love my she epicenter. Thinks, she still thinks she has the winner. Yeah. I'll, take, I'll take my three horses. I'm, well, I'm really happy. I, I also wanted to mention, too, uh, is that if you go back and you watch that replay, Secret Oath was about four or five wide the entire way around the track. So, you know, yes. you have those, um, I forget what company does it, Trackus maybe, but you have, like, the, the feet traveled, right? Like, the distance yeah, traveled for each horse. Yep. Shout out to our guy, Pedro Yeah, and, I mean, I'd be really interested to see what hers was compared to everybody else because she was pretty wide uh, the entire time. But the good thing about that is she was able to stay out of any real kickback you know to have to deal with that and she then she switch was, leads until like the 16th pole yeah she just glides down man she was, you know, great. She's, yeah. she was just super super um yeah. really really easy and and i don't think she needed to i mean that's kind of another exactly, thing is yeah. that yep. she didn't um you all know right, so you didn't have to ask her to do all that listen we got a lot of people driving the track coming to derby for the first time you yeah. say switch leads aha uh-huh. what does that mean um so horses typically or, or they should uh in the turn, think about it like a car, right? If you're turning to, let's say, the left, because horses go left here in the U.S., you're turning to the left, you kind of lean a little bit, like with the car. Yep. Your weight shifts that way, yep. and it's the same thing. So with horses, they should have their left front leg in front in their stride um, as they're going coming around the turn. And then when they are in a straightaway, either the back stretch or the home stretch, they should switch over to the right. And that allows them to kind of distribute the, you know, the fatigue between both sides of their bodies. Some horses have a little bit of a a problem um, with the lead switch. Uh, Some of them just have a bad habit and they don't. Uh, Others just maybe have a little something wrong. Sometimes it can be indicative of maybe a horse has had some, like, let's say arthritic changes or something that affects that. So you could do some vet work to help it or some therapy. Uh, But, yeah, I thought thought she was just absolutely perfect. as she came around the turn, I think she, I thought she switched at the quarter pole. Yeah, she switched right there at the quarter pole. It was it was mechanical. Oh, you're flawless. right. Never mind. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Because that's the that's yeah, the three sixteenth right. pole, yep. anyways. 
Well, she I, took the lead at three sixteenth pole, and it yeah. was it was over. Like she got there, and it was like, okay, there's a secret. Oath, we're done. <laughs> let's get uh, let's get going a little bit on what today's got. We got a lot of stakes races today. This is a huge day of racing, and we get we're going to start off first stakes race of the day is uh, race six, which is the first ever running of the Knicks Go Overnight. Of course, Knicks Go, oh, okay. the champion horse of last year. I mean. And so we're going to. I want to say something very quickly. Sure. Horse racing Twitter is so miserable, right? That someone complained that this was a one-turn mile rather than him than a two-turn race where he really made his name. A person who did that on Twitter, get out of your basement and go outside and get some sun. <laughs> God, what, what Breeders' Cup America. race did he win? Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? The mile. The mile. Yes. Mm, and, interesting. Yeah. Mm, okay. Mm, yeah. Okay. He was good in one turn and two turn races. He was yeah. Uh, he was he just was, good. He was fine. He was, good. <laughs> he was, he was fine. Oh, all right, Louis. Beat. Let's start with you. Who do you like here in race six? Shared Sense is coming into this race off a really good uh, optional claiming run at Fairgrounds. In a weird way, the last two days we've seen incredible runs out of horses coming out of Fairgrounds. But I think you have to look at Dream Shake coming in. Has a fresh. Uh, it took a year off. Wins immediately at Keeneland in a high level allowance at six furlongs. Will the horse be able to come back? get that mile my sense is yes horse was charging at the end ran really really well uh, over that uh that mile course at keeneland i'm not playing south bend everybody drink um and then uh, <laughs> is that and a Angels. drinking rule uh, it can't be okay there's there's only one other horse here who ran reasonably well in a one-turn mile this year and that's endorsed the 12th so if you wanted to play a longer shot here Actually put up a 91 speed figure at Gulfstream Park over that one-turn mile. Ran third that day with Jose Ortiz. I don't think that that horse is going to win the race, but if you need a third or fourth place horse, I would look at the 12 endorsed. But I agree with the morning line maker here, Dream Shake, Flavian Pratt, who put on a show yesterday, um, is your favorite in, in that race. My boy Aaron West just got back from a visit on Necker Island with... Uh with his uh, guy on Snaker Island. Hey, Russ, Russ, no, Russell Branson. Oh. Brunson, who, the Virgin Airlines guy. I thought you were talking about the yeah. trainer. <laughs> so there it is. So that's, that's, uh, Megan's, but, Megan's you, brain you don't know what the actual Necker Island yeah. is? What? You know what Necker Island is? No. So the Russell Branson, who owns you know Virgin Airlines, it's like his private island. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's probably named for what happens there. Keep going. Maybe. Yeah. Megan, who do you like? Okay. Six. Um, well, I mean, Endorse definitely has uh, a ton of that class. We say that on the show, classical and class. And what we mean by that is that horses that are competing at a higher level of racing. So, you know, you've got the graded stakes races that this horse was in. It was in the Pegasus World Cup Invitational, which I guess is a grade one. Um, and then you... <laughs> had some pretty said okay finish in some grade three races you know so i feel like you have two different scenarios here i feel like you have in this particular race horses that competed in grade two grade three levels and didn't do so well right that are dropping to an easier listed stakes company and then you have horses like gun it who i like in here a little bit um who's stepping up into stakes company so i think it's hard because it is a bit of an even playing field in that way you know, you see the graded stakes numbers on their form, but just because they were in the race doesn't mean that they have that class. No, that's right. You know? Yep. So I kind of like a horse like Gunnett, um, I'm interested at least, because I think he can sit right off of it. He's been working with uh, my boy Epicenter. That's 10 to 1. <laughs> that's a, that is a Megan's long shot. Yeah, there you go. 
um, was in some pretty competitive races at, at Oakwood Park. I mean, you know, we finished behind Necker Island a couple of times, so that's definitely something to consider. But I know he's one from the Steve Asmussen barn that they've been really hoping will be. Uh, We've been waiting for his come up is in his, a while, and yeah, he's you know he's out. had plenty of races at this distance before. He's he's had yep. a win. He's got a couple of um, second and third place finishes. Whereas at, at, at Necker Island, I mean, it's definitely a horse for the course here uh, because he's had three wins over seven tries at this distance and five for nine at Churchill Downs. But then you get a horse like Endorse, who's over four at Churchill and over five at, at at the distance, but yet has that back class. So I almost feel like this is one of those races where you look at maybe a higher level allowance horse that has a little bit more experience sure. or has an affinity for this track, and maybe that's where you go. And in fact, maybe that's where you find your price. So uh, I said Russell Brunson. It's Richard Branson. I don't know why. I, it was close. I, listen, I'm, I'm on my segment. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, okay. you can drink it for you. It's after 9.30. It's after 9.30. Yeah. 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 Um, so we are the Horse Racing Happy Hour, and we are broadcasting live here from Churchill Downs. You can catch us on Thursday nights live at 8 o'clock if you're on Twitter or any other kind of uh, Twitter, Twitch, or my Facebook page, which would that be weird. And StreamYard. Uh, well, stream, well StreamYard, it kind of goes out there when else. Yeah. But, uh, but you can find us on all podcast platforms. And uh, I'm Mike Adolfo, joined by Megan Devine and Louis Rebeau. Yep. Uh, anybody else catch your eye yesterday, like any in the other races that you really want to thought was really just an impressive I mean, Pauline's Pearl, we yeah, talked about that, beating She Dares the Devil. That was a pretty good performance from her. She was real gutsy and, um, and I mean, just dominant in that race, which which is good because that we had a lot of doubts about her because of some of the races that she had been in before, the various race tracks that she'd be competing at. So I think she definitely proved herself, which maybe she didn't even have to do, but apparently we need her. That might be so. right, actually. But <laughs> what's interesting about her running style is all of the other major contenders in that Distaff class like to be way more front. Yeah. So she's actually the one that runs an opposing style. She's different that way, right? And so actually that could play to her advantage as we get into the summer as we're running at Saratoga, get into those fall races here in September maybe, and get into that Distaff. It could actually be the case that she just picks up the pieces in a bunch of those and picks up a bunch of checks. Yeah. I, I mean, love it. I, I obviously was a... Oh, Matarea. That was a big one. She was awesome. Yeah. That was yep. a big she one. Awesome. She's a three-year-old filly who uh, is sprinting. I mean, she, to me, is a serious contender for some of those, you know, sprint races that you see, the test, right, at Saratoga. She's an acorn contender to me, yeah. too. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That, that you talked about mile. that yesterday, yep. the one-turn mile. I think we see her take that route. I think we see her in the, the Breeders' Cup sprint, you know, Philly and Mare sprint. Yep. Um, so I think she's going to be really, really fun to watch. And then my boy, New Year's Eve at 14 to 1, which I talked about in yep. the Great Two Edgewood. Absolutely. I mean, that, I thought that was a fantastic, fantastic ride by Luis Saez. Uh, so he had quite a few nice, nice races on the card. But I mean, he just got that horse out of a lot of trouble. Was able to measure that pace so well, and I thought won easily. I mean, I saw that horse t- duck out uh, at the top of the stretch and come out from cover, and then all of a sudden was able to make a run. And, and I love to see that. You know, he's smart enough to know that this horse is a closer, still has a lot of energy. You've got to keep it kind of covered up a little bit. And what I mean by that is other horses in front. So sometimes with those closers, that once they see daylight and they don't see horse butts in front of them, uh, that's when they kind of turn it on into fourth gear. Right. And you know, you have to just harness that energy, keep them behind, keep them kind of blocked a little bit so that they don't do that too early 
and that's exactly what he did, and he was able to do that with the right timing to, to have such an impressive performance. So I thought that was fantastic. I thought Olympiad in the Ali Sheba as well was one of those performances where we thought, yeah. hey, okay, you've been running at Fairgrounds, you've been running at Gulfstream Park. Can you step up here in a grade two against very good competition, against forces that have been running in that class a lot? We had some question marks about him being the morning light favorite, and boy, he showed that he absolutely deserved to be. Yeah, absolutely. So they're getting the gate set for race three, which is a mile in a 16th on the turf. And uh, let's just give a shout-out real quick to this. First off, the new turf course, which held out beautifully in the rain. Yeah. By the way, which it rained all so night. Which we so lucky with. Yep, but it rained all night. And at 6 o'clock, they were like, it's firm. Yeah. We're good. And, and <laughs> it's draining. That, we're good. It's awesome. I mean, they've done an unbelievable job on the track today. Uh, well, yeah, I was going to mention that on the track because the track, at least before, I can't see from here, but it was listed as good. Yeah, we had so, standing water in some places. Right, so, but they actually... I, it's very, it's honestly so methodical, and I want to spend like a whole day with the track maintenance team because what they do, I think, is they keep a bit of moisture in the racetrack, yep. and then as the day goes on, obviously there's a bit of wind today. It's, it's certainly very cold. Uh, you know, it dries out a little Listen, naturally. Listen, Northeast girl, but the more, very cold. I didn't like it then either. Okay, Come on. just because I'm from She's New York doesn't mean that blanket. I like the cold weather. The heat I, I agree with you right oh. now. Thank you. Jeez. Yes, Come on. I'm Avery, from New England. Producer? I'm not a cold girl. This is Avery, by the way. Everybody, Avery's our producer hey. back in the studio. Hi. Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Mean, I don't do cold. Soft. I mean, I don't. I don't know how I can make this show explicit, but uh, <laughs> I came up here and the first thing I said is I don't f around with cold. Oh so, my gosh. With my heated blanket. I don't but care. The, the track, the track crew has just been amazing. Well, yeah. So, so, anyways, I wanted to say. They work it throughout the day. They harrow the track every time, you know, every time there's a race, they'll, they'll go around with the tractors and everything. And so that naturally kind of dries it out a little bit. But they do it so that you're getting the best possible surface as we get up to the feature race of the day. And the surface is so great the rest of the time. Don't get me wrong. It's not like they're, you know, hurting the other horses or anything like that or the chances of other trainers by, by not ha- doing that to the track. But I also think there's, you know, you can't get it too dry either. That's something else. That's why you see water trucks going around the track. So there's that perfect kind of condition that you're aimed to get and they're going to just balance that and measure that throughout the day and do what needs to be done and I think starting earlier not you know making sure the track was fast starting off was possibly the plan there so you're going to get the, the benefit of these live shows from Churchill Downs is that we get to handicap as the horses come on the track and uh, it's one of the things that Megan just excels at it just looking at the horses on the track <laughs> hashtag and, weird horse girl <laughs> and uh, letting, <laughs> letting you know who's like kind of primed and ready to go so uh, they're getting ready they're walking around the paddock and the way we're going to structure this is this. We're going to uh, we get some weird uh, post times that kind of mess with the show. So we're probably actually not going to play this live, race live. We're going to actually be at break when this, li- this race goes off. Are you good with that, Avery? Yeah, I'm cool with that. Okay, yeah. so we'll, when they come Doesn't out. Doesn't mean we can't handicap and people we'll can handicap, grab their phones and bet and do the whole but thing. But Louie's also going to give us a trivia question at each break. So, Louie, let's true. go ahead and give the trivia question. We'll let people think about it. We'll answer the trivia question on the other side of the break, and then when the horses come out of the paddock, we're gonna or out of the paddock onto the track. We'll do a little bit of handicapping, then we'll go to break, and we'll come back and talk about the results after after the break. All right. So uh, I think there's as much buzz around Crown Prince this year in the Derby as there was around Mendelssohn when he came in from the UAE Derby. In oh, that's fair. That is fair. And Mendelssohn finished in last place. So my question to to the first trivia question: Who is the last foreign-born, the foreign-bred horse to finish top three in the? Kentucky Derby. All right. Last foreign-born horse to finish in the top three. Foreign-bred is far. Foreign-bred, yes. I should say that's No, no foreign-bred has ever won the Kentucky Derby. That is correct. So you well, can eliminate that. Well, hold on a minute, because Crown Pride 
Crowd Pride is, is a Japanese brand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Japanese brand. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's the other one, Summer Prince, Tomorrow. Crowd Pride, yes. Summer yes. Tomorrow is the one that like has all the U.S. connections. Right. Like he was like born here, sold here, yes, and then went there, yes, and then very trainer. With, okay. yeah. We should be waiting on this uh, call to the post coming. Yeah, they're about to come out. Uh, at any yep, time here, they're walking around down, down the tunnel. And then uh, just initial, Louie, who did you like initially in uh, this race, race three coming up? So I landed on whoever, uh, you know, whoever everyone else is uh, is betting on here, the seven. Uh, final bell, Umberto Rispoli and Bill Mott. Uh, just ran it at Keeneland, actually, over the distance. And uh, it, it ran a good... Uh, and ran a decent fourth with Umberto. I, I'm a little worried about Umberto right now just because I think he's figuring out the tracks over here. I think he spent so much time in Southern California. He really got to know those tracks. Was excellent on the turf, both at Santa Anita and at Del Mar. And so it's not as though he is incapable. I think he's just got a little bit of a learning curve here. And so if you wanted to look somewhere Well, else, that and you also have top, top, top. He's up against everybody right caliber now. Caliber yes, riders right now. I mean, the room, the jockey's room right now is so competitive. I love, by the way, that was my favorite week, uh, Wayne Lucas quote from yesterday about the Derby, about the, the hardest part about the Derby is the 20 horse field because you've got five Hall of Fame jockeys and five jockeys that should be bagging groceries. He said that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. If, people, if people want a price in this late, um, a price in this race coming out of Keeneland as well, recently um, in April, is Ready Lady the 6, 7 to 2, the morning line, 7 to 1 right now on the board. That's you a great John, price. You get John Velasquez and Roger Atfield. Roger Atfield, a fine horseman himself. And so if you can get that price, just finished third. Over at Keeneland, over a softer surface, my sense is there's actually still a lot of moisture in this in this course. So that horse at 7-1, to one, the 6 here, that looks like a really nice price. I, I think you can take a look at Talking Book, um, who makes some sense in here. Obviously needs a little bit of pace to run at, at least has in the past. But uh, she's a 5-year-old mayor trained by Shook McGahee, Hall of Famer, of course. Jerome Rosario will get them out for the second time. I like that he was aboard her in that last race. He yep. was able to get to know her a little bit. You know, they did run on uh, the Keeneland course, and it was listed as good that day, and we all know that that can mean that it has a quite a bit of moisture in the track, and so uh, I certainly think that this is a horse that can face this kind of company here today. The numbers make sense. Um, she's obviously a horse that appreciates this distance. In fact, she's won at it before and run a better number, at least if you're looking at buyer speed figures, um, which I think a lot of people handicap with the forum ran an 80 by your speed figure uh, at this distance where some others in here are kind of hovering around like a 73 something like that so actually on paper she could be the horse for you and she's still at her morning line odds of nine to two right nice. now there's, yeah. there's her on the track nice price love it so well they're they're walking around the track right now uh, Megan will start observing here pretty soon and kind of give you just any kind of thoughts that she has uh, from how they look. Well, no, nine is Queen Bourbon. I think that's the uh, that's the show <laughs> pick right there. You got to go with Queen Bourbon. It's the hunch play horse. The, the hunch play. If you're going to bet names, that's the name to bet, right? So uh, Queen Bourbon there. So we are, the, again, the horse racing happy hour, and uh, we are sponsored by Single Barrel Cigars. Also, if you're coming out of the track, you might want to pick up a green sheet to help get all your tips uh, when you get to the track. It's a great way to kind of get introduced into handicapping uh, and just kind of get these picks, have someone else's opinion right in front of you so that you can figure out uh, what you should do. So yeah, just get as much information as you can, right? And, uh, you know, look at the form yourself, see what you come, what conclusion you come to. If someone else comes to that conclusion as well, it could be a great affirmation. And, Louie, if you're not at the track, you can go to greenstreetracing.com slash derby and slash derby and, yep. get, and pick up your Absolutely. green sheet online as well. Make and look, it. if you're listening to Louisville, I mean, the green sheet, the, the, the green sheet's at the corner. Just go up, go find it. Um, I know that at my corner store, it's available, five bucks. Um, it's, it's absolutely the best value uh, in tip sheets. 
All right, Megan, anybody catch your eye as you see him on the track? Yeah, uh, the, the three horse, actually, uh, Lady Rockstar for Brendan Walsh, and I wanted to take a look at her because, you know, she obviously hasn't run before, so I couldn't really get a ton of uh, replay watching in for her. Hasn't run in North America before. Hasn't, yeah, I'm right. sorry, hasn't yep, run in North no, America. Okay. She's had uh, seven races in her career, one win, three seconds, one third. All of that took place in England, uh, and then she came over here, and it looks like she's had some time off since November of last year, so um, I'm not too worried about that with Brendan Walsh. She wins at a 15% clip when bringing horses back after mm-hmm. that amount of time. Um, also, the fact that it looks like they thought enough of her to, to bring her down to... Um, Prairie Meadows. Palm Meadows? Palm Meadows. Palm, Sorry. Yep. Palm Meadows. Uh, Prairie Meadows. Duh. Not Prairie Meadows. It's <laughs> she's Palm Meadows been, she's and then there's... She's not been training um, in Iowa. Yes, right. You know, there's, there's Palm Meadows and then there's the other training center down in Florida. They yeah. like have similar names. Uh, <laughs> but I guess I can call that blame it on pregnancy brain now. Um, but yeah, I think that she could be really dangerous in here because she looks on paper to be a possible lone speed. Oh, you know, okay, you, you have a nice. ton of horses yeah, in yeah. here that need to, like you know, that. have something to run at. And especially when you're talking about turf route races I think that is so important um, you have to analyze the pace scenario and when you get into these kind of longer distance types of races a mile and a quarter you know mile and a half especially right a uh, mile and an eighth even I think you have to say all right well who's going to set the early fractions because we talked about that yesterday in one of those races where they walked the dogs and those fractions were so slow yep. I think you possibly see that again and, and slow fractions on the front um, I mean it's harder for the closers to take it and, and move forward and, and be able to win because there's not horses tiring in front of them because they just got to do like a nice light jog uh, obviously they're, they're still galloping but yeah. um, I think that's the equivalent and, and I like the way that Tyler Gaffleone who right now is winning with Brendan Walsh at a 20% uh, clip yeah, very good took her uh, as soon as the post raid was over warmed her up a little bit more aggressively I know I talked about this a little yesterday if you were tuning in but sometimes that can be indicative of a horse showing some speed I can see from the comment lines in her previous races that she is a little bit more of a horse who prefers to be up close or near the lead Uh, I'm sorry up close or on the lead and uh, the way she warmed up I think is indicative of that would you uh, put the three on top then uh, the way that the pace scenario is laying out, yeah, probably. Because I think the only other horse you have out there that is going to be um, up in front is the horse breaking from the rail, which is my favorite daughter. Uh, and that one, I don't know. My, I, favorite, my favorite daughter's here, by the way. Oh, yeah? Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. All right, All right so, so Megan's gonna, got three on top. I've got six on top. Let's get to breakdown. All right, we're going to go to break, and we'll see you on the other side and break down. Oh, not breakdown. We'll tell oh. you the, the, uh, the results of race three. Welcome back to the Horse Racing Happy Hour, presented by Single Barrel Cigar Company on ESPN Louisville. Now, live from Churchill Downs for Kentucky Derby 148, here's Mike, Megan, and Louie. All right, welcome back to Churchill Downs. Mike Godalvo here with Megan Devine and Louie Rabot, the pregnant Megan Devine, by the way. And, uh... <laughs> Come here. I mean, yeah, it's also my birthday. There's four people up here, it's actually. It's also my birthday. She it's your birthday. In. <laughs> and she's no longer in her 20s. I feel like the that's, birthday that's I right. can Thank you, Mike. That was very today. kind of you. Yeah, there uh, listen, she is a very attractive older woman now. So. <laughs> it's very attractive older woman. Megan's in her 30s? Wow, look at her. Jeez, OP, hanging out with yeah. these 40-year-old men. <laughs> my husband's 40. Yeah, well, there you go. You have a time. 
All right. So, there you go. Um, we are the Horse Racing Happy Hour. We are live from Churchill Downs and breaking, uh, not breaking, recapping the race from race three. What did we see over race three right there? Would you, we almost, you had the pick, Megan. I had it. You nailed I it. I told you. Uh, what I didn't have I was that she, I thought she'd be on the front end. Yeah, really. right. I thought I did. Uh, but they changed up her running style a little bit and um, took her back and have been able, I guess, to get this Philly to relax, which is really, really awesome because sometimes that can be a detriment, right? If they're some of the more aggressive types, they kind of run their race on the on the backside. Uh, when they're too eager to get that lead early on, they expel too much energy. So the fact that they were able to get her to kind of calm down a little bit, save some ground, Tyler Gaffleyon kept her, again, yep. behind cover, which is what you want to see for those uh, closing types, especially on on the turf. Um, and, yeah, she just came out wide. He tipped out at the top of the stretch, and she was just gone from there, and she just got faster with every stride. And that's why trainer Brendan Walsh hit so well off the layoff, right? He, like, hey, we're going to try something different this time around and you know there you go yeah he just gets to know his horses a little bit again i've talked about him before and i'm such a huge fan just of him as a person but also as a horseman he used to ride a lot of his horses himself in the morning i believe he used to be a jockey at uh, at some point at least if not a flat jockey then a jumps jockey um but yeah he's just he's really got such a good background on him and he's been all over the world so especially i mean he's good on any service let me tell you again he trained maxfield who was a dirt horse but especially on the turf I'm going to go with the Irishman. So, listen, if you would have hit Megan's pick, Joe Kay actually had the four horse on, okay. on the screen, which oh, was okay. pretty impressive. Uh, Joe Kay, the, the handicapper here at Churchill Downs. And then Louis's pick, you would have hit the trifecta, and uh, that that would have been it. So, the 50-cent trifecta paid a $456. That's a very long cents. way of saying I had the third-place horse and Megan had the first-place horse. Well, listen, and Joe <laughs> Kay still beat you, too. But, yeah. you know, it's, that's terrible. Needless besmirchment there, no doubt about it. Serious Everybody yeah. has to drink now. Everybody horse racing again. That's right. That is what we're all about. You, again, if you have any questions or comments, if you want to know about your derby pick yeah. and what we think about it, text it into the UPS job text line, 502-437-9680. All right, Louie, let's get to our trivia question. Oh, yeah. I do those. You do um, the trivia question. That's yeah, correct. yeah, that's that's your job. So Crown Pride uh, running in the Derby <laughs> today. Lucky number seven again. Um, I asked who was the last foreign-born, foreign-bred horse to finish in the top three in the Kentucky Derby, and this is pretty obscure. I apologize for starting. I'm actually just fascinated by the Crown Pride Louis stuff. Lewis. Well, we we are fascinated because the ja- the Japanese-bred horses are starting to make a huge impact. Just the, in the Japanese sport. program in general. Yeah, that's right. Incredible. So that's that's why, and we'll talk about that later in the day. That's why I think it's it's such an interesting entry. But the British-bred Bold Arrangement finished second okay. in the 1986 Derby. So it's been done before. Okay. And so we'll be interested to see if Crown Pride can uh, replicate that and hit the board today. By the way, Megan, I really appreciate that he didn't ask us to take a guess on that one because yeah, I had I no, going, no idea. I'm, again, hashtag Megan is too young. <laughs> Would have been a bad... <laughs> but you know who sang that song coming in, though. Did you hear the song coming in, the music? I didn't hear it. It was Summertime? Okay. Do you know who sings that? No. From We're going to do all 90s hip-hop today. This is so fun. <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Do you know who the Fresh Prince is? I don't know. I don't who know. is the Fresh Prince? I don't Prince? know the words you're saying. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Who is it? It's Will Smith. All right, oh, there you go. You, you got go. that one right then. All right. See? Megan knows. No I drinking there. No drinking. Megan actually knew Megan it. No Megan actually knew that, that reference. So. I mean, you can drink if you want. Just drink anyway. Yeah. Drink because yeah. sure. I can't. It's Megan's birthday and she's pregnant. Drink. By the way, in between breaks, I went, to, I went to the bathroom and I realized that all day yesterday I was actually going in the women's bathroom. <laughs> there was like a special little like two, you know, I, I just thought there was one bathroom. Uh-huh. And I, you know, so. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. it's probably probably nicer no than yours. Yeah, I know. My husband's throwing me a little birthday party slash after derby party the day after and he's like, yeah, it's going to be so fun. We're going to have a mechanical bowl. We're going to have... Um, can't do that. How's yeah, that for pregnant can't, I can't do that, okay? Mechanical We're going to have bowl. life-sized 
beer pong. Can't do like, that Like, with the big buckets, right? You're going to throw, like, a, a basketball or dodgeball. I don't know. Again, can't do that. This is a hell of a Mother's Day, by the it's way. It's really, yeah, it's on Mother's Day for <laughs> hey, me. Hey, Megan, watch us have fun. Like, is this a party for me like, or somebody else? Because it doesn't seem like I can do any of this stuff. Is this a uh, I got someone pregnant celebration or what? I don't know what it is, <laughs> but it certainly doesn't seem like it's for me. I agree with you. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a Mother's Day party or my birthday party. Okay, I... I I know we did race six already, and we're gonna race six is actually gonna go off while we're on the air, and uh, I'm gonna skip race seven because the Pat Day Mile, which is something that we're gonna end the show with. I know Louie loves the Pat Day Mile. We're gonna go straight to race eight. I do love the Pat Day. Okay, so race eight. This is a this will be the first race that happens after we're off the air uh, at two forty eight. It is the thirty sixth running of the Derby City Distaff. It is a Grade One seven hundred and fifty thousand. Dollar race for Billy Seven <laughs> furlong sprint race here. One turns. Uh, Louis, who do you like in this race? Let's go to Megan. All right, we'll go to Megan. So I just want to say that I think this race is incredible. This, this is, is grade best, one of grade one. This is the best. Best field of the day. This might be the best field of the day. I would agree. Go ahead and agree and it's it. And this is Kentucky Derby Day. <laughs> I mean, you have when you first scroll down for this for the Derby, Derby City Distaff. Um, which is a grade one, of course, seven furlongs. You've got uh, Lady Rocket Fine. I, I don't know that that's my favorite horse, but just just one time, who won so impressively against the tough field in the grade one Madison last time at Keeneland. Scroll down a little bit further, you get Kamari, who's a really talented mare mm-hmm. for Wesley Ward on, on multiple surfaces. Then you get Obligatory, who won a grade three last time and I think is, has been a really talented filly from the Belmont Barn for a while, though maybe just a step below some of the others. Bell's the one we who love we love on this show, show yeah. and is such a cool horse to follow. I love her, six-year-old mare. The rare closing sprinter. You get Edgeway from California, and then Four Graces, who's also been in the mix here in some of the bigger races with Bells the One. So, I mean, every single horse in here is one of those that when that horse is in a race, we talk about, you know, for at least five minutes. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, there are multiple million-dollar earners in this race. I mean, it's just yeah. it's, it's a it's just a, a terrific, I guess, just one uh, in Bells One. But I mean, it's and it makes it so competitive. Yeah, too. it's it, everyone's earned over you know three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, it's just a, a remarkable. Field. And I think it's interesting because they've all beat each other. Like they all. That's what I mean. That's yeah. why it's a great one, right? Yeah, a They're lot of a like lot trading. of Phillies mares can win this race. It's yeah. like musical chairs, <laughs> musical winner circle. <laughs> so, so Megan, who's your pick? Um, you know, I think just one time has been really interesting. I at three to one, uh, it's kind of the what have you done for me lately angle, right? Where she did win the grade one last time, although she was favored over Bell's the one, um, and Kamari, who were both in that race. And I, I think she may have been plagued a little bit by some injury or other in her life because if you look at her comment lines, um, she seems to have had some time between her races. What, what's this is like the Knicks go of some of the mares mm, that that Brad Cox has trained. No, it is. Because, look, I mean, she started off at Penn National yep. and then went to Presque Downs on, on the, the synthetic. synthetic yeah. Had a couple more races at uh, Penn National, and then they were like, oh, okay, I guess they privately purchased her because I don't know that that was the same owners. I don't know if they have horses with Michael Salagio, but um, And so then she goes to Brad Cox, wins a grade two. And then wins a grade one. So undefeated in the Brad Cox barn, which is essentially what happened when Brad took over trading for Nixco. That's all very good points. So, right? yeah. yeah. I think so just Nixco being like out of the Ellis Park, you know, sort right, of contingent. Exactly. And yeah, and he ran there. a couple you're times right, in right. Indiana or something. Um, and, uh, or maybe not. I have to check that. But yeah. 
That was Parker Sherman. Look not at the this sun, time. By the way. The I sun know. coming out. All right. Not this time. A super stallion right now with uh, with his horses. So anything that he has running, I think you have to give a look to. I mean, this is we talk about into mischief all the time. Not this time as a young sire, gun runner as a young sire, American Pharaoh more so maybe on the turf as a young sire. Um, when you see horses by those, you you definitely take a second look. Just one time has won four straight and has won six out of her seven. Louie, who do you like? Only loss for her on the synthetic at Presque Isle, so we're yeah. going to draw a line She won that. one in the synthetic, too, so who knows? I'm going to go ahead and just do it. I'm going to pick Bell's the one here. I'm going to I'm gonna venture a guess that the, the pace gets frenetic out front and that she picks up the pieces, and she'll do that nice little five-wide turn that she every do- she always does, and she looks real, real comfortable. I think she's an absolute include here. Five to one, I don't think we'll get that number. I think people around here know that name. They trust her. They know that she's going to do what she does, and so uh, coming out of that grade one Madison, uh, where she ran a really, really good second before that uh, two stakes wins in a row, uh, lost to Sconson um, last year uh, here at, uh, was that I forget when that Ray. Yeah, wasn't September, it? The September meet. Yep. Yeah. We were all out here. It just wasn't for the show. And so, um, But, no, I, I trust Bell's the one on this track. I trust uh, her with Corey Lannery. And so I'll put her on top for that race. Bell's the one with 23 career starts. Has hit the board 18 times and won 11 of those races. Uh, she's a true superstar. Louis, we talk about all the time. And, again, if you're just driving in and you want to know a little bit about what we love about the sport, You've got to fall in love with the Phillies, right, Louie? Yeah, yeah, they run forever. And so a horse like Bell's the one who's earned over a million and a half dollars. She's running as a six-year-old. And that's just the coolest thing when you get to know her style and her her quirks. Megan gets to hang out backside with some of these horses, and you get to know them uh, in that kind of way. And even as a fan, you know, you kind of can just trust, like Mike, like Mike mentioned, she's going to hit the board. Like, you know she's going to be part of the equation. And so it just makes it a little bit easier, even on the better, uh, when you have that. But look good colts aren't running as six-year-old horses they're just not it's just the nature of the game and and so yeah fall in love with those phillies because and they That's why because they go to stud to stud and, yes yeah. right. yes correct and mm-hmm. so uh no but with a horse like bell's the one you can fall in love you can hang out with her for, honestly for five years as a two-year-old through a six-year-old so that's very cool all right megan i want to ask you about two horses that are taking i guess we've seen a lot of these horses go against each other but we have two not new shooters they've been around the sport for a long time but i guess kind of new to this company Tell me a little bit about Obligatory and Edgeway. Yeah, so Edgeway is the other horse that I was looking at because she has run some really impressive numbers, and also she ships really well. I mean, she finished just behind four graces um, here in the Dogwood, the grade three event over seven furlongs at Churchill Downs, and that was back in 2020. Um, she since has had kind of a lighter racing schedule. It looks like they gave her some time off in various places, but she shipped to... Um, Oakland to run on the carousel, which technically is just a listed stake race, although I think that's probably bordering on a graded stakes level. I, I mean, you had Frank's Rockhead in there. You've got, uh, you know, a few others. So, um, yeah, so she won there. Um, she's run all at all the California tracks, uh, except for Golden Gate, I guess. Los Alamitos, Del Mar, and Shout Santa out to Matt Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, she's another one that she seems like she's more of an aggressive type. I I wouldn't necessarily call her a need the lead. I think she's been able to re- relax off of it just a little bit, um, but I think she does her best running when she is on the lead, at least for most of the race. So I don't know that the horses she was facing in California are, you know, 
as good in, in every one of those races as some of the other East Coast horses that these others have faced. That being said, she did finish just behind um, Cece. Say, say, Cece? How are we saying Cece, that again? Cece, I forget. Right. In the Breeders' Cup Philly Sprint. Dollar and then in front of Gamit, who right. was so talented, too. So, I mean, Edgeway has certainly proven herself already on the biggest stage in horse racing. I think Obligatory is another horse that we absolutely have to mention here, just if you're looking just for a speed horse. Ran really well over the mile course here. Uh, in the Shaluki last fall, and so uh, came back, won, the, won a grade three, in the Here Comes the Bride at Gulfstream Park going uh, a little bit short at six and a half furlongs over a good go. So if it is a little still, it's going to be fast by the time they run this race for sure, but if it's still kind of a moist track, maybe a horse you look at with Jose Ortiz uh, out of the Bill Mop All right, by the way, this is the second leg of the pick six that ends with the der- with the uh, Kentucky Derby. We will get to the Pat Day Mile uh, at the end of the show because the Pat Day Mile will be going on right as we go off the air. So let's go on now to race nine. We're going to try to squeeze this one in quickly before our next break. Uh, this is the 31st running of the American Turf at grade two. A mile and a 16th on the turf and it's a $500,000 purse. Megan, who do you like in this one? I was watching food fall off the table. I don't even table, want to talk about what so... just happened. <laughs> just listen. <laughs> but I, don't, I don't know what you said. What am I looking at? We're looking at race nine, the American okay. Turf. Okay. Yeah, so who do you like here? <laughs> uh, okay, so this is a race where I think you want to possibly look at a few long shots. Historically, favorites only win this race 20% of the time. I know we talked about quite a few yesterday. Some races with as much as you know 50% of the time, 40% of the time, 35 Only 20% of the time for favorites in here. Um, this is the 31st. By the way, I'm taking a long shot in this race. Okay, there you go. You, you so. want to tell you who it is? Or do you want to go with your handicap first? Mike's long shot. <laughs> I'm going with a three red run. Oh, God. We okay. did it already. Jeez. All right, go ahead. Why? His wife has red hair. We get it. Oh. Jeez. Go ahead, man. All right, go ahead. Um, so I... Why is our music uh, Avery, playing? I'm hearing a little music in the background. What's going on? Are you playing us out? All right, we got to get a hard break. All right, we got. Right. We got. Well, I'll tell you who I like after. Okay, we'll come back. And Louis, what's, our, what's our trivia question? Oh, trivia question on a break. Real horse racing happy hour. Um, who is the last winner of the Kentucky Derby? Who was sired by another Kentucky Derby winner? There it is. We'll be with the answer right on the other side. Racing Happy Hour, presented by Single Barrel Cigar Company on ESPN Louisville. Now, live from Churchill Downs for Kentucky Derby 148, here's Mike, Megan, and Louie. I'll tell you what, Avery coming with the hits. Two of my favorite songs. I love it, Avery. She has no idea what those songs I mean, are. I'll tell you what. I love your, playlist. I love your, your dad dancing so much. <laughs> but I actually, if anybody's tuning in on, on Twitch or Twitter or wherever the stream is going to, um, Which the audience I have sacrificed myself because I'm eating some food right now. <laughs> and I don't like people watching me eat. And oh. I was like, you know what? This is worth it. I will take the weirdos who like to watch me eat just so that can, people can see your dad moves when can, you're dancing. Okay. Can we do like beat picks or not? No, 
I mean, no. No feet pics. Okay. But this is the horse racing happy hour. Louis <laughs> Rubo a little bit early on the uh, on the clink. I didn't know how long we were going to talk. <laughs> we got a race coming up, race five. Uh, the horses are on the track. Who did, who caught your eye? Oh, she's like full mouth. Yeah, Sorry. no, I'm good. I'm good. Right. <laughs> I mean, I have an excuse now. It's fine. Yeah, right. That's right. Um, she's eating for two. <laughs> what I will say is that the six horse um, freedom minister Ooh. was really aggressive as they came out to the racetrack. And um, I love the fact to see that, <clears throat> excuse me, to see that Brian Hernandez has ridden her, him before uh, because I like a rider that knows how to handle the horse. Obviously, he's had success before. They finished second on debut with this one by Justin Neck and then won the next time out. Beautiful color, by the way, on that horse. It's beautiful car- yeah, it's a charcoal nice, gray. Nice gray, which uh, will probably be getting some attention, right? Just like White Abario. People love to bet the, those horses. And yeah, five to one on the morning line. Now seven to two here, it looks like live odds. But I, I liked the way that Brian was able to kind of take her away from the post braid. He did kind of let her have her head for just a second and get out there and uh, and kind of get some of those kinks out <laughs> before, before they get to the starting gate. But it looks like she's a horse that he's been able at least to keep um, controlled during the race. She has been favored in her past two starts. Was over a sloppy racetrack last time at Keeneland, but was favored nonetheless. Um, that was in a 12-horse field, so it was against uh, quite a few entries. And now is going to try this mile and a 16th distance for the second time. And obviously, first time versus winners coming out of that main race, which I know is an angle that Louie loves no matter what. Uh, I just love the performances that she's had. <laughs> Louie, you got anything to add? That the angle of coming out of a maiden win is the finest of all of our takes that Megan hates but actually secretly <laughs> likes. You just can't admit it because I love it too. Um, the horse that I I want to like here a little is Curly Tail, the seven for a long shot because I picked this one at Oakland Park, if you one. remember, right? When it won uh, the maiden race, I think it was on the show in one of the sequences we were talking about for Dallas Stewart. And then they got way too ambitious with this one and brought it to Louisiana Derby where it finished nowhere. Uh, but Curly Tail looks really strong out there and is obviously a horse that, um, that hmm. needs a little bit of pace to run at. Maybe so a little 6-7 exacto. Might if, be a little that, if that does exist, which my one concern would be, where's the pace going to come from? I think it's possibly... You know, the three horse, maybe the four. There, there's there's a good chance this four horse could be the lone speed All situation right. at 8-1. to one. Louis, as they're loading the gate, let's get the answer to the trivia question. Oh, yeah. Good call by you. Uh, the last winner of the Kentucky Derby that was also sired by a Kentucky Derby winner was Grindstone in 1996. He was sired by Unbridled. Okay. Who was the 1990 1996. winner. Yeah, 1996. There you go. I was here for that one. Mid-90s had a I bunch of great four. horse names. You were Grindstone is a great horse name. Super Saver is a great college. horse name. A bunch of good horse names in there. Megan is crushing a biscuit right now. Just I love it. I don't even, even right. care. Listen, yeah, I'm getting ready to take one of those wings <laughs> off your plate. People like, like <laughs> ASMR stuff, right? It's great. You just want to hear me chewing? All right, so the love the gate right now for race. Uh, is this race four? Is that what we're on? Is that what we're doing here? Uh, uh, Churchill Down says four. Yeah, At least yeah, that's what I have from the feed. That is race four. Yep. Are you going to play it? I can. Do it. Go. Let's go. Throw it up. All right. I don't hear the race feed going off, so we're going to talk. <laughs> All right. We don't want to have well, dead the four air. horse went to the lead, like I said. Yes. Yep, there you go. Um, the one... McLaren Vale. Well, and those oh, here it is. Clubhouse turn McLaren Vale on the outside of Cover Me Up. Turn it up just a little. Advances up to be third. Bye bye, Bobby. Turn the inside up, is up, racing in fourth. Early Leslie Chow comes away fifth. Curly Tail three wide, while sixth. 
Minister over to the inside. Seventh Mendenhall is eighth. American Sanctuary ninth by four. At the back are Gunfighter and Emirates Road. Backstretch run. Swift opening quarter. 23 seconds flat. And they're chasing Cover Me Up. Cover Me Up leads by a length with five furlongs to go. McLaren Vale is tracking while second. Money Supplies not far behind in third. Only two and a half lengths off the leader. Cover Me Up. Bye Bye Bobby is cruising along while fourth. Creative Minister sneaking through underneath from fifth. Curly Tail's been wide throughout, but is advancing three or four wide far turn. American Sanctuary is making progress toward the inside. Leslie Chow is there. It's around the far turn. Three furlongs from the wire. Cover Me Up, still the one to catch. Money Supply comes on three wide. McLaren Vale's under pressure between them. Creative Minister's in behind while fourth as they come for the top of the stretch. Cover Me Up is still the one to catch. Cut the corner off the turn, holding on to that lead. Money Supply set down for the drive now. Cover Me Up digs in. Money Supply trying to get by. Creative Minister's on track late. Now second and coming after Cover Me Up. Cover Me Up's lead has evaporated. It's Creative Minister to the front and pulling away late. Creative Minister and Kenny McPeak right, gets win number 500 here at Churchill. I think my now. favorite thing about Cover this show. Cover Me Up was second and Money Supply was third. All right, Megan Devine does it again. <laughs> Just picks it off. What? what? I mean, that's set. two horses. Look, two you races know, in a row. The best thing about it. I don't, I, did you bet either? No, I'm busy. I just, <laughs> I'm eating, and I'm on the show. I just did $5 to win on six. It's my birthday. Good. It's, yeah. It's, good. I've been very busy. You know what it is, though? No, I'm not even kidding. It's like 25 Listen, bucks no, hold on a minute. Job opportunity for someone, okay? <laughs> I will hire you as my runner for the day. We have a runner, Zach. No, 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 no. I mean, I, yeah, but I need him to be, like, to, to annoy me and be like, who do you like this race? And, like, I will give oh. him money for the day, and he will place He's my bets for me either at the window or on, like, an Look. account or whatever. I just need somebody to do it for Zach, and Zach will do me. that. Zach will do that. Zach okay. will Well, now I'm never going to win again for the rest of the day because this is what's happening. <laughs> I love it. So two two races in a row. Megan looks at the uh, the paddock parade or the parade on the on the course here, picks the winner, and uh, that's just how she do. You know, it's I fine. It. That's why I I am have coined the thing uh, weird horse girl. It's just this is this is what or, works. Or the goat farmer. All right, so let's no go no back. goat farmer doesn't work here. This no, weird no. horse girl knowledge You're the put goat farmer. to good use. You're the goat farmer. There are no goats here. You, well, on the back there are plenty of goats. All right, let's go back to race nine. <laughs> Deliver. Uh, okay. We are the horse racing happy hour, and we are live from Churchill Downs. Race nine is the 31st running of the American Turf, a Grade Two mile and a 16th on the turf for three year olds. I am going with the long. Long shot number three, Red Run. Actually, Louis said because my wife has red hair, which she does. But this horse tried to go on the dirt last time, mm. but won on the turf last time. And I think he could go back to form nice. and maybe you know his, take oh, a little run, run, run at it. All right, so Megan, who do you like in this one? Um, I have the Six Horse Portfolio Company <clears throat> as a really interesting one for me. Chad Brown uh, has won this race three times. I think it is tied for the most wins in this race historically. Um, the last race that we saw this Colton was the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf at Del Mar, which was that weird race with modern games and a little horse named Tiz the Bomb who will be in the Kentucky Derby later. Yep. Um, and, you know, it was – they – it ran, it won, you didn't get paid for it. There was just a whole lot of drama around that. You can go look that up if you want to. But regardless, it was a really competitive field of horses. This horse, unfortunately, finished eighth after having a lead, and it really didn't seem like um, there was a lot of – 
trouble per se. So I don't know if it was just a matter of it was too tough of a field and he wasn't ready at that point as a two-year-old. But I think he's probably come back. Chad Brown is very good at placing his horses. I mean, he wins graded stakes at 19% of the time with horses coming back after an extended layoff at over 180 days or more. And this is with a big sample size. Wins at 27% of the time. So that tells you he places these horses in spots where they're going to win. He doesn't just come back after a long way. I feel like, I will try it and see what happens. I mean, he seriously one that's going to go forward. So I, um, he did battle with Coinage a little bit at the start of the Breeders' Cup. Coinage is also in this field. He's the yep. 10, and he really pressed Portfolio Company for that lead, and then they both just had nothing left. But um, I took the 6, who is, I think, 9-2. to two. Then the two-horse main event at 5-1. to one. Only bad races for that one have been on dirt. And then the 8, who is uh, Royal Spirit at a juicy 15-1. to one. There you go. This is where Megan and I are very different. I am very confident in Dog in this race, the 7. Okay. Sidog. Uh, who just won on the Transylvania Keeneland with Irad. This horse is a bully, and Irad rides like a bully. I love them together. I okay. And he already has a three-year-old race under his belt. I have Portfolio Company as my second option for all of the reasons that Megan talked about, on the positive side at least, with, with Chad Brown. These days, in early May, late April, whatever, are the days when you have to decide which of the Chad Brown horses off the layoff are you going to use, right, Megan? And so this is one of those horses with Portfolio Company, the six. I feel so strongly, though, about Dog in restricted company here against three-year-olds that I, I'm going to use him not just in a lot of tickets but as a single in a couple of different ways. And so you didn't mention him at all. Is there a reason? Something that stands out as I ask um, you as you try to finish your lunch. I'm so I sorry. I mean, he, no, I mean, I shouldn't be eating on the show, but I'm, no, I'm busy all day. It's a happy so hour, whatever what I'm drinking is. on the show. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there goes our camera. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Oh, you guys, if you're not watching the live stream, you really this have to. It is. You have to be on the horse race hilarious. Twitter page to kind of see Oh my it. gosh. So, There's so many things. It, the, the camera things just wrong. fell over, It's but you saw it. It was like a slow tip over, and then it just crashed. That's oh, it's pretty amazing. pretty much what's going to happen to me later on. You get to see, yeah, you get to see Mike dancing. I'm on Ben Joel number three. Oh, so. my gosh. Oh, Kenny McPeak with um, 500 wins at Churchill Downs with oh, that last race. With, by the go. way, the horse that I picked, but it's fine. Um, Me- and yeah. Megan DeGod coming down on the Twitter, <laughs> on our, our, our text feed. By the way, 437-9680, All right, who's your favorite Joel Rosario mount today? This morning, I'm picking up my new car and naming it Joel in his honor. I singled it for two legs of the Fairgrounds Pick 5 Jack pay that paid for this car. Humble brag, drink, love the show. This is from... Hashtag episode. By the way, this is from our girl, Caitlin Oishi. Shout out to Caitlin out in Los Angeles listening yeah. to us early on a Saturday. Gosh, I um, love them. We... They're... I think they're the official California couple of the horse racing happy hour. Is that not? I mean, uh, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, our guy Derek playing all the cricket, and then Caitlin crushing reality shows, like doing work. No, they're, Aren't they're you guys our favorite. Crushing sure. cricket. What's that? You're crushing cricket, right? No, I was crushing talking about Indian cricket on local sports talk radio, which is different than crushing cricket. That is so. Tilt it up for me, Nietzsche. <laughs> all right. So favorite Joel Rosario Mount. Yeah. So one. I mean, epicenter is what I said. Listen, this is what I'm going to say about Epicenter. And we gotta, we're got we going to actually transition Listen. to talking about post one or horses 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 in the Kentucky Derby. By the way, I want I want a prediction right now. No scratches right now as of now in the Kentucky Derby. Do we get 20 horses to the gate today? Yes. Megan. Yes. I agree, too. That's awesome, right? We haven't had that in a while. 
Nice to have 20 back. I, I'll, I'll say that. And I, actually, since the new gate was installed, I don't think they've had a 20-horse field. They have not. There Epicenter's you go. Epicenter's not curling. Epicenter's not gunrunner. Asmussen couldn't win with those two. It's <laughs> not going to happen today. That's I all love that. That's a good take. I like that. All right. I don't. I think the connections that I was going to do in the barn say they think this is their best chance to win the Kentucky Derby that they've of ever had. Of course they're going to say that. What else are they going to say? They had gunrunner in the Derby. I'm just saying. Gunrunner, who is Epicenter's no, sire, ter- by the way. Terrific back and forth. I Actually, I love Mike's take. I think if you wanted to do, if you wanted to take that angle and leave Epicenter out of your tickets, that's why. I get it. Listen, as, as I left Kathleen off my tickets yesterday. It worked for me. I'm not leaving Epicenter. Asmussen is an unbelievable trainer. He's a leading trainer in wins in North America, right? Megan but he, picks the third, he does the that. Third choice the, he does that with the mid-level host. races. What? Got it. He's a mid-level race guy. Wow. No. Yep. Gunrunner won the classic. You, what are we doing? I'm not going to say he's never. Horse races? Listen, I'm not going to say he doesn't ever win any top races. Oh but my god! It's not oh my god! I'm going to go. So I'm looking up stats right now on Echo Base <laughs> to tell you how many angry great pregnant woman alert. Hashtag angry pregnant. All right, let's let's start with Derby. Angry pregnant. Such a bad take. We got to start talking horses, man. Let's go. Let's yeah. In the Kentucky Derby, the number one horse, which the number one horse is going to matter today because the rail may be a little soft, right? I mean, uh-huh. we could happen. Maybe probably. We might be dried out I pretty good. Probably okay with that. So Mo Donegal is the one horse who's coming off the win from the Wood Memorial, uh, which of course is a hundred point. When you when you have a horse who's coming off a hundred point win, gotta pay attention. You gotta pay attention, yep. even though the Wood's not been been a great indicator of what's happened in the Kentucky Derby. What do we think about Mo Donegal? I generally don't like deeper closers in the Derby because if you're in the 14th or 15th spot. You're going to have to go through a lot of traffic, a lot of dirt kicked in your face, that kind of thing. This horse doesn't care about dirt kicked in the face, which is a big positive for this horse. Plus, my sense is Irad's not going to let him sit in 14th or 15th. He'll try to have him in that first half of the field. I don't know that he wins here, but if you're looking to fill out a trifecta superfecta for the Derby, I think he can absolutely be part of that equation. By the way, if you are uh, listening to us now and after we're done uh, at 2 o'clock, you may want to go back and just find our Derby draft component of the show, which has got over 100,000 downloads. It is the I love most it. popular I love it so podcast much. release we've ever had. It actually out outdid our entire week. Of, and of so much so that um, amazing. Thank other you so people much. have decided to copy it. So. No, no one else did a dirty yeah, draft. Love yeah. that. Yeah, we listen. That happens oh. all the time to us. So we're we're used to that. Oh, right? you do your podcast on Thursdays. How fascinating! So so, oh, oh, you drink during your podcast. But <laughs> but in that draft, did who had Mo Donegal? No one. Not me. Not no one. Not Mo Donegal, which I thought was fascinating coming out with a hundred point race. By the way, my draft was the best draft. When you look at it, I'm just gonna say right there, White Barrio, Cyberknife. Okay. <laughs> uh, Anything else you want to add about that before we go into Happy Jack? I mean, Modonigal, I think, is an interesting entry because he gets the rail. Obviously, that's something to talk about all the time. He's a horse that <clears throat> likes to sit just off the lead. And actually, he really hasn't done, excuse me, I'm still something to throw, very poorly in his career. His worst effort was at uh, six and a half furlongs. And so that's one that obviously he wants to go longer. I love what are we it. doing here? The Mitchell guys. Oh, you guys the are cool. Mitchell guys are coming you're up. You're both like Mitchell. waving your hands. No, I'm making sure that I don't get and another one. And I'm like, one. what is going on right I now? Do, I do not anymore. And you're anymore. just waving down the the Mitchell guy. I'm good. Thank you. Okay, so I we're, wish we're moving on to Happy Jack. Uh, last we we had Jack. I think one more thing that's yeah. worth mentioning about Mo Donegal, Fusaichi Pegasus 2000, last Wood Memorial winner to win the Derby. It is the opposite of why I'm picking a different horse in this race. Go on. I love it. My uh, my boy Jack a couple years ago got a ton of just betting interest because of the name Jack. 
They're expecting kind of the same thing with Happy Jack right here, but the Happy Jack's a complete and total toss. Is that right? Yes. Megan? Louis, anything else to say about I that? I think he's the first horseshoe toss. He's the first horseshoe toss. Well, I like that take. Yeah. I um. Wow. We might have a 100 to 1 shot going on. On this show, we talk about Doug O'Neill in something that's positive and also um, uh, you, you can use against him is he does have a why not us kind of attitude. It's literally the slogan of the barn. Right. And, and so, frankly... Which I love. Yes, I was going to say, it's, it's it's an attractive way to live, but in a race like the Derby, it's not an attractive way to win. And so, Happy Jack, I agree with the, both of you, um, is probably not a winner here, by the way, a son of Oxbow, who is a classic winner yep. um, in the Preakness. Uh, but um, there's a reason it's $7,500 to breed Oxbow, so keep it. Okay, yeah. so we're going to move on to the, the uh, third horse, the three, Woo-hoo. who is not going to hit the board. <laughs> Please, worst take. Epicenter. That's a great no. take if you want to gamble. I'm, I'm, listen, he's a win or not. Terrible take yeah. if you want to win. I'm, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> not going to the board. Okay, Megan, you love Epicenter. You think that this is a like just a could be a super horse? Yes. Triple Crown winner? Possibly. Probably the only horse in the field to have the potential to win the Triple Crown. All right. So when we if look that's what at, we're gonna do. I'm going to go with one of the things that has been a Derby trend did not hold up last year. By the way. We have not had a normal derby since John Asher passed away. We have a chance yeah. today. We have a chance. Normal we have derby. a chance. Okay. We had maximum security get DQ'd. We went into COVID and had a derby in September. September, yeah. yeah. And then we had the whole crap show that happened last year. By the way, we got a bunch of messages from people listening. Hey, it's hard to hear the show. Yeah, it's called Derby. And um, just because you got spoiled the last couple of years with no one here and no music and, like, not, not having a party. The problem is where is they better. put people for Media Row is, like, well, if they can right just turn in front of a speaker. You know what we need to do? Here. I know what we're going to do, everybody. Don't worry. Don't 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 uh, tune oh. us out. Oh. I'm going to bring sound screens. That's actually I love really it. I love it. Idea. And put it up right here. Yeah. We won't necessarily be able to see the track, <laughs> but... For your benefit, you will be able to hear it. Yeah. So yeah. it's fine. So back, going back to what I was going to say, Epicenter, one of the things that I, is a knock is that typically you've had to be undefeated as a three-year-old. Epicenter left, lost to LeCompte. I have a feeling, though, Megan, you think that was a good loss for, for I Epicenter. mean, he was second by a head. So but he I lost. don't. Yeah, he did lose. I don't know if there was an issue that day or what happened. Um I mean, I'm okay with not having perfection. I think second by a head is pretty much as close as you can get to being totally undefeated. So it's if it was like second or third by a couple of lengths, then yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a different conversation. But this horse didn't even know he lost with that kind of a margin. So um, and his only, you know, bad race before that was over seven furlongs here at Churchill. So he's clearly not a sprinter. That's why he's in the Derby. Louis, what are your takes on the Epicenter? Look, the, the 102 buyer matters. When we talk about checking those boxes. Um, I... I think the if you wanted to knock the horse, it's the Louisiana route to the Derby that you would knock just historically. But other than that, simply put their or in, in the trainer's outcomes in the Derby. But I don't hold against a, a trainer finishing second in the Derby, which Steve Asmussen has done before. And so he's done before, but it's not the norm. I mean, he he typically has trouble getting the top five. Literally, yeah, he's literally, not the norm. Literally, every he's, horse has trouble getting in the top five in the Derby. And yeah. so I um no, what I like about him is that he runs a bunch of different styles. He can be part of the early speed with a horse. Uh, there's going to be lots of horses to go to the front. And, and in fact, we have legitimate speed in the, in the Derby for the first time, honestly, what, five years? A lot of like, people say it says yes. it's a closer. Yeah. And so it's yes. up for closer, which is not true, by the way. But um, 
because uh, the Derby simply doesn't set up for closers. It, it sets up for pressing horses, and Epicenter can be a pressing horse. And so I'm with Megan. This is absolutely one of the top two or three well, horses. Well, I think for, that's a really good point because you have to talk about that. It's one of the reasons that people are knocking Epicenter, maybe uninformed people, uh, are that <laughs> the last race, the Louisiana Derby, was it, is it needless though, or is it right? Um, and, you know, are saying, oh, well, it wasn't that fast. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't as fast of a race on paper as some of the times you saw in, in California or other places or whatever, but that's okay because he still won the race and he still was able to do something different. He learned to sit off the pace. That's that's the difference. These are, again, I said this yesterday and I'll say it a million more times until people understand. These are not machines. These are not robots. They are animals. They're basically young teenage animals yeah, for that sure. like, or preteens. They're, these are eighth they're, graders. They're yeah. like your kids yeah, or your dog graders. or your yep. puppy. Like you have to teach it something. They, I mean, they have natural ability, of course, but you, if a horse is more inclined to be more aggressive, to, to be towards the lead, you need to get them to, to rate off of it a little bit more so that they don't run themselves into the ground in a race and they have something to finish with. And that's the job of a rider. You know, they don't just sit there and do nothing. They sit there and they calculate and they measure and they make sure that they understand how much their energy their horse has and when to best use it. We had Ramon Dominguez on last year during the Derby Trail, and I, and I went after Joe Talamo for a ride in an Oaks prep. And Ramon said, hang on, Louis, what was the point of the ride? And I, and I said, well, he finished second. And he goes, how many points did he get for that ride? Right. Well, he got 40. I think that's crap, by the way. No, by the way. He, no, no. You, you're wrong I think about it's crap this, for the no. Derby. For the Derby, it's crap. No. No. What, my no. Point is the no. Reason, and I'll talk about that with Messier. The reason Absolutely that the, not. The reason that the time for Joe for Epicenter doesn't matter here is it's not Joel Rosario's job to make him go all out every he single time he's out. He has set a track out. record. All he has to do is either win or come in second place. He's in the Derby field. Period. 100%. Conversation over. It's not about getting I learned that. It's about winning the Derby, and you have to win those 100-point You're races. not going to win. And he won it. And he won it. But hold on a second. Hold on a second win the Derby if you've used every single ounce of gas you have in the tank last year. in your the Louisiana Derby winner to win the Derby? Oh, I don't know. That, Grindstone, that, 96. Okay, it's a, that's the legitimate criticism. It's the Wood Memorial of the South. That's fine. Say okay. that then. Don't say the time. Also, though, it's just... But, but, okay, but before American Pharaoh, where did where did the Derby winners come from with Oakland Park? That's why we like White Barrio. Okay, go. All right. so it's only Florida then. Is that just because that's a place that people want to be, and there's more horses there, so more people winter there? I think more the competition the you go against matters. I think now that purse money is spread elsewhere, trainers are going elsewhere. I think race sure. meets have changed. A lot more people are going to Oakland than they ever did before. You know, I think you're seeing that be kind of a stronger path with for some horses because you get a better return. I think some of these California races, you know. Especially if you're not going to have I'll die the, the Bafferts and whatever. I'm, Epicenter does not hit the board for me. You think he oh, wins? He could win. And der- you think he's the top? You think he hits the board? I think he's in the trifecta. Yes. Yes. I guess. All right. So there, that's what we got. Let's move on. Summer is tomorrow. Any kind of quick thoughts on summer is tomorrow? I think this is definitely a horse that's going to be part of the pace scenario, for sure. Um, he, I think that's what he needs to do. He's going to get swallowed up if he doesn't. In all his leads before, he's either led or been right there um, and kind of been on the heels of the leader. So he's definitely a horse when you're talking about how fast is this race going to be. Uh, he's one of those. He's also, by the way, uh, kind of a sprinter. Nobody's talking about that. So he's definitely going to be in there. He's had, I agree. He's had one route race, and he finished second in it. So obviously he did better, but he has never won. Early speed. This is the rabbit. never right? won in a distance more than seven furlongs. So this, this is a rabbit. I thought he looked really good in his work the other day, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, just, just physically looked really good, which is great because that, that ship is not easy, right? Um, I also want to be on record that they brought over uh, the jockey Barcelona, who's going to be riding here. I, I love that. I'm, I'm way into whoever your horse reacts to the best. 
get that jockey in town for the biggest races. For sure. I, I, I think that this is going to be a very difficult race for this horse to finish in the top ten. All right, our last, uh, our last horse, and then we're going to go to break. We're going to get a trivia question with Louie, though. Uh, smile happy with Kenny McPeak, who actually got a lot of buzz early on. I think this is going to be one of those buzz horses. What do you think, Megan? Nope. Nope? <clears throat> no, not for me. Um... I just said a buzz horse. Listen, Danza didn't hit the board either. So, I mean, he did finish second to Epicenter in the Risen Star, and then he finished second to Zandon. Danza in was in the, the Superfecta, by the way. I shouldn't say no. He's not necessarily a toss horse for me. I think he's going to finish top ten, maybe top seven. I think what people are going to see is that he had such a good race here in the fall. Right. And ran such a huge speed figure here in the fall. Right. Like a horse for the course. Mm-hmm. And people love the you know the ones of that course, came yeah. central downs. And the Kenny McPeak angle and all that of kind course. of stuff. I just, I don't, I haven't liked the way that he has looked in the mornings um, here. He's worked with Tizlebaum at least twice in the last two workouts that I can say. And and in the first one, I thought that Tizlebaum looked the better of the two, although they stayed together for the most part. Uh, with Tizlebaum on the outside, I believe. And then they put Tizzle on the inside, and he completely outworked Smile Happy. You could no longer even keep them, like, in the same shot. And so I I don't like the progression that Smile Happy has had this week. Louis? Or lack thereof. Smile Happy is an interesting entrant because two, two first, two seconds in all of his lifetime runs. For sure. Runs, right? And once in a while, it's nice to just see those horses that do that kind of thing. Medina Spirit was one of those horses. Came in last year. All he did was ever run first and second. Yeah. Okay? I am not calling this horse Medina Spirit. I want to be very clear about that. <laughs> but lots of times the best bet on the derby, excuse me, on the derby race itself is to try to hit that trifecta, that exacta, whatever it might be. Smile Happy is the kind of horse that just lurks around. He's right. in that first front part of the group. He's got speed. His dad's a speed horse, right? So he's got speed. But I, for me, he's very, very unlikely. Can to really I touch on that for a minute, too? Because sure. this is this is a horse that they you talk about. By the way, I know, wanna, he's only had. As a two-year-old, I would have sold this horse. If oh, I owned sure. him, like, 100%. like he, he showed out in that race. and like, oh, you think he's going to be great at three? Great. If Give you me ever a million own a horse. Just get out. Just, <laughs> just get wins, out. Does With really well two-year-old, two-year-old just sell. sell it. Yes, get out. Um, my friend Liam Benson, unfortunately, had <laughs> to learn that. He wanted to sell. American Pharaoh is the only exception. There's one. Right. But, okay, so a horse like Smile Happy, you're right. He hasn't had a, a, a finish worse than first or second. I mentioned, obviously, Epicenter, who had a sixth-place finish or whatever it was. Um, but that was also at a different distance, okay? So sure. Smile Happy from the beginning, the trainers saw him. They saw how he moved, whatever, his, his speed or lack thereof probably because he's a route horse, so he yep. wasn't as quick or as precocious, we like to say, as some of the younger horses that you end up sprinting. So they never put him in a spot that was with – not within his wheelhouse and trainers do that a lot and it's not to say that they you know maybe they just don't know or you try it out or whatever and sometimes you just give a horse a race and you give them an opportunity because you can't most of the time you don't work that long when you're when you're bringing these horses up from two-year-olds and such they're starting their workouts they start with like a two furlong breeze then a three furlong breeze then a four furlong breeze then a five furlong breeze and that's it so you you that's all they've done as far as top speed is concerned they've most of them have a five furlong breeze with a gallop out and that's as far as they go so that's all they know so usually you start a horse out as a sprint because that's what they've done they've done it in the morning and then you're like okay and you go a little bit longer whatever smile happy finish first and second because he's always been at a route and they they knew that from the beginning just with his body type. Okay, Louis, so let's I don't get, knock a horse necessarily. Let's right. get our trivia question. Let's go to break, and then we're going to come back for race five, which, of course, my obvious pick is going to be race number, horse number seven. But go ahead, uh, Louis. what's our trivia what question? What is it called? Fudge Fudge? No, in Italian. 
And, uh, so yesterday we pointed out. Chad Brown, not red. Chad not red on the turf, by the way, too. No chance. All right. So the <laughs> the uh, I point out every year on Oaks Day that Lemons Forever is the longest shot to ever win the Kentucky Oaks. Tell me. Who is the biggest long shot in history to win the Kentucky Derby? All right, we'll be back after this for race five. This is the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Welcome back to the Horse Racing Happy Hour, presented by Single Barrel Cigar Company on ESPN Louisville. Now, live from Churchill Downs for Kentucky Derby 148, here's Mike, Megan, and Louie. All right, welcome back. We are live from Churchill Downs. This is the Horse Racing Happy Hour. We're getting ready for race five, which is the 37th ring of the Long Dean's Churchill Distaff Turf Mile. I'm all on number seven in Italian. Louie, who do you got in this race? Uh, Chad Brown with a first-time North American. All right, Chad. Speak of the devil. Oh. Not a lot of price, but, I mean, just. I actually played a trifecta, eight, then seven, then all. So, just a heads so up. So, you're going with both Chad Brown horses on that I one. I am. Yeah, I'm going Chad Brown, then Chad Brown, then everybody else. I Chad, mean, to be fair, that's a good way to go. Chad, Chad, Brown, <laughs> Chad Brown's good on the turf. What? And then I get an Ortiz-ish. Yeah. No, I get Pratt up top, which is delicious. So, there we go. I, I think, uh, I mean, the six Lady Spites here for Roger Atfield is really nice horse. Really, really good. Yep, really um, good. Seven to get, one, too. Yeah, Louise Sias picks up the mount here. Emma Jean Wilson, usually the rider, but Louise actually rode her last time at Keeneland, and uh, I thought that they had a kind of a rough start. She is going to be the first one to go into the starting gate there. If you look, okay, look. So they're actually putting a barrier blanket on her. So that's not something we see all the time here in the U.S. That's why she was one of the first ones to load. So it's a weighted blanket that helps horses that have a little bit of trouble at the start um, go into the gate just a little bit easier. So I, and Megan's got a heated blanket right now. So I do have a go. heated blanket. I keep one <laughs> in, also in every office. <laughs> so great. So they're loading the gate right now. We're going to get our red. Give, give us your number real I'm, quick. I'm just going to go with Ladies Vice here, I guess. Okay, so the six. Oh, six to one. That means a six gonna win. All right, I'm on the. No, eight. it doesn't. It's okay. I feel. I don't eight. feel. Did anybody catch your eye though on the uh, on the warm up there, Megan? Well, it was hard because we were at break, and yeah, so we just came back at kind of an awkward time. But I did like the way that the six looked before they uh, went to the gate. And the but the seven's going to win this one, right? I mean, on. I think the seven is definitely a talented horse for sure. All right, so they're loading up right now. Avery's got the race call all ready to go. So let's hear race five, the Longines Distaff Turf. And they're off. Lady Spite Spear in Italian. Abscond showing some speed. Flower point down toward the inside, but no doubt about the leader in Italian. Quickly establishes the front and opens up to lead by two and a half. And she's guided over toward the rail for the run of the opening turn. In Italian, the leader. Abscond comes through toward the inside of Lady Spite Spear. They're together second and third. Flower point is fourth. Wakanaka comes away fifth and is five flanks off the lead. Speak of the Devil settles in at the back of the pack as they move to the backstretch run. In Italian showing the way. Controlled on the front and just a length and a quarter in front. And meandered through the opening quarter in 24 in four-fifth seconds. The pace is slow to develop. In Italian continues to cruise along. Lady Spite Spear in the clear chasing from second. Abscond is over to the inside third. In Italian running a little bit off the rail past the half-mile pole. Then it's Flower Point in fourth. Three lengths back to Wakanaka. Speak of the Devils to trailer. So on to the far turn they go. In Italian continues to show the way, holding on to that one-length advantage. Lady Spite Spear given more range. 
Lane. Speak of the devil with a blitz on the far turn was last a furlong ago. Is now third, is now second, and is about to be first at the quarter pole. Speak of the devil with a sweeping move to the front. In Italian has to set down and re-respond and is trying to do so down inside. One furlong to go. Speak of the devil in full flight past the eighth pole. Opening up by two. In Italian. Italian with no response for Speak of the Devil. A last to first. Flashy winner by three on the wire. In Italian was second. Wakanaka was third. All right, Speak of the Devil with that just impressive, impressive run there. One-to-one, even money. Uh, Speak of the Devil showing why. That's pretty important evidence that bourbon makes you a better handicapper. Keep going. I'm a better bowler when I drink. Oh, that makes sense. I like that a lot. What did you think of that race there, Megan? (laughs) Uh, I was really impressed by the eight, Speak of the Devil, who actually didn't get out of the gate very well. It was kind of a step slow. And, I mean, this is a horse that typically has kind of been a closer type anyway, so it's fine. And you can see as soon as they did get out of the gate, Flavian Pratt took a pretty pretty nice hold of her uh, because she wanted to go up and move with that five horse who wanted some better positioning. But stayed kind of wide as they came around the turn out of traffic out of trouble and you can see he just kind of trailed that horse in front of him and then tipped out at the stop of the stretch and um, stayed pretty wide on that turf course the entire time um and that was a great path for him because she but look how fast look how fast her legs are moving compared to everybody else i mean she's she's taking one and a half strides to everybody else's one and so Louie had the uh, trifecta there with eight straight up two. One. I played the two dollar tri there, so hopefully that pays a, uh, more than a dollar and a half. You had a nine to two coming third, so I don't know how that's going to go, but it's going to be uh, whatever. You know, it'll be Louie's typical. That's why I played it four X. Yeah, right. Louie's well. typical. You know, bet twelve dollars and make fourteen. That's a horse to remember, by the way, because that 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 horse that was is now going to stay. No, it's, she's going to stay in the U.S. and um, five year old. You know, five year old mare. That's the kind of horse, frankly, that you start to watch over the summer. Totally. She was totally she's comfortable. Gonna- be a star. I agree with you. That I mean, move that's, was so comfortable. When you talk about turn of foot, yep. which you might hear sometimes, that's a horse essentially turning on the accelerator, turning that's on the That's Brown. By the way, you'll see her at Saratoga this summer. That's a name just to have in your mind because that was unbelievable. I think that, really that's going to be a common theme today. We're going to see. That's exactly correct. Yeah. We're going to see a lot of rising stars. You and I today. talked about it. Bricks and Mortar's true coming out party was here on Derby Day in the Turf Classic. Yeah. And then he went on and won 73 more races that year. It was a, it was a hell of Where, a like last year, we had a great undercar with a lot of known horses. No, like this right. is going to be a yep. lot of up-and-comers, and we're going to... Well, we've had a lot of international entries, right? We've had a lot of horses that trainers have brought over from other countries, and maybe they've had one or one no start starts in here in right, the U.S., yep. and so you're kind of learning a lot about these new horses that are coming to the U.S. All right, Louie, let's get to the trivia question. By the way, we are the Horse Racing Happy Hour. This is... This uh, Derby special is presented by Single Barrel Cigar Company. Just look them up on Instagram. Order your cigars. Let them know that you heard about them on the happy hour. Please do. And you might get a little something extra well, in something, your order. Uh, also, Green Sheet Racing. Make, listen, if you're coming out of the track, go grab a Green Sheet. Go to greensheetracing.com slash derby, and that is going to be a great Available way. here at Churchill Downs if you're driving in right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yep. Go right up, buy a tip sheet, and that's a great Five way bucks. to just give you some general handicapping uh, based on the go. And, of course, Racing Rachel up in Horseshoe, Indianapolis. We appreciate them as well. they got a big weekend coming up. Cody Photography, cheers 20 to get anything. Get 20% off your order of $40 or more. And then Vidhorse and RE Solutions. Louie, yep. your, uh, your, your trivia question. Yeah, so we talked about Lemons Forever yesterday coming yep. in. Longest odds to ever win the Kentucky Oaks. Paid Go about Dallas. just over $90 to win on a $2 bet. The longest 
odds to win in the Kentucky Derby. Do you two actually know this? Giacomo? It is not. No. By it's, half. We had, this, we had this question last year, I and I wish I could remember that I don't. It's Donnerail. 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 19-13, 91-1. And I wanted to include this today because we had a draw in from the outside post. And we're going to have a horse go off at over 100-1 to with Rich Strike. And so Rich Strike would be the longest odds to ever win the Kentucky Derby. There you it's go. Eric Reed's first Kentucky Derby. Good for him, by the way. There you go. And Eric Gate, of course, really won the Oaks yesterday. What? And Eric Gate won the Oaks yesterday. And Eric Gate won the Oaks And, of course, Eric Gate passed away early on, so we're not going to see like As a sire, yeah. yeah we're, well, we're Rich, not Rich Strike is a key <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought. I'm sorry. Okay, no, no. My fault. I thought we were just giving props to Eric. Oh, sorry. I'll. I'll I don't know. I'll, I don't know what's going on. Sorry. All right. I'm oh. a sober one here, that but I feel like case. I have less of an idea what's happening than you should. What is going on? All right. Let's go on. I'll tell you what's going to go on, Reagan. We're going to talk about race 10, which is the Churchill Downs. It is a grade one, $750,000 race. It is seven furlongs on the dirt for four-year-olds and up. And we're gonna see some familiar names here. Is That's this right, the yeah. uh, Jackie Warriors Invitational or what? What do we got? What do we got, Louis? Oh, okay. We're going to me. All right, good for me. Uh, I actually think it's the Aloha West uh, Invitational. And okay. so uh, Aloha West won the uh, the British Cup uh, Sprint, uh, Grade One out there. My pick that day, and Megan will remember this. Doctor Shivel just absolutely flying at the end. I thought I had a price. But no, Aloha West, who is the absolute closer, is the Bell's the one of grade one male closers, uh, comes along and steals my money. Um, I have him on top. I do have Jackie's Warrior in the second spot here. Uh, Jackie's Warrior is, one, is a two for two lifetime at Churchill Downs. Seems to really like the track here. We watched him. Man, was it not? He didn't run on the Pat Day Mile? Oh, yeah, he did. Never mind. Yeah, yeah he did. It won the Pat Day Mile. At the fastest opening fractions I've ever seen in a horse race live. Yeah, in the 21s, fast. like ridiculous, like literal. I'm pretty sure I've a But he's race. done that in a lot of his races. I know. But, but for the Pat Day mile, we saw the 21, and I'm like, oh, he's not winning. And then he just did. He just took over the back stretch. It was so, it was, By it's way, one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in person. He ran even faster by 0.3 seconds in his last race. <laughs> right. Just so. an absolute monster. I think and Jackie's so, Warrior gets I think Jackie's Warrior wins. I do. I think he wins. Okay. I, I actually love this race, by the way, because you've got the Breeders' Cup. I um, hate that Saison scratched out, yeah, by the that's way. What I, I, I hate, know. hate that. Because this was, we talked about like race of the year and who was matching up and all those things. Man, those four horses along with prevalence, yeah. mind control, etc. Well, that's et the thing. You still get, oh, you still get prevalence, you still get mind, prevalence. Control. You still get mind control. Reinvestment I mean, risk. Yeah, reinvestment risk, I guess, is there. And then you've got Aloha West, who's your Breeders' Cup Sprint champion. So, I mean, then you've got Long Ridge Saudi, who I just love as a horse, but I'm not going to bet. <laughs> I had one But if he finishes third, are you shocked? with Long Range Saudi. No. Right. I had, when that horse won at Oaklawn during the Kentucky Derby prep races, uh, it was like the first one. I forget if it was the Southwest or the one before that or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, but the, that horse won, and I was like, yes! <laughs> and I got it. And never again. I don't <laughs> think we've seen this horse in the winner's circle. Right, right. But I just love him. Um, but... Yeah, no, I. But you I and think, I both loved him when they decided we're going to make him a sprinter. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? You and I on the show, we landed on the same twenty to one long shot randomly. Yes, and we were like, no, no, this makes sense for that horse. So totally, I, honestly, if he and actually, up, I love the seven furlongs as one of his better yes. distances. And picking up Louis Size the first time, I mean, I, I think second, third place, he could be in there. Yeah, I, I think it's Jackie's Warriors coming out party. I think we were all so disappointed. Coming by, out party? Well, I'm sorry, he came out. No, 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 I know he did. But <laughs> as far as. 
he was so disappointing in the Breeders' Cup. I think a lot of people jumped off of him because we just, like, I mean, for me, he was my single, right? Like, he was the horse sure. that I needed for all of my tickets. <laughs> and none of them came in because Jackie's Warrior didn't come in. And so I think a lot of people kind of, you know, gave a, a lot of um, a lot of flack for that. And I think that Jackie's Warrior is just such a talented horse. And he's he's back to what he was before. I just I mean, think he's, he's, getting, so he's getting better good. and better. He is getting better and better. I Prevalence was a horse that, from the beginning, a lot of people liked, myself included, when he won a Goldstream Park in that uh, maiden yeah, race I in the allowance he's race. my third horse here. And then he kind of, they, I don't know, I think they tried to stretch him out a little bit. Then he came back off a layoff. So maybe there's some legitimate excuses there. He did win in a mile, to be fair, at Goldstream. And then he comes back to Keeneland over the slop, and he won there, too. So... I, I like him. I would probably maybe that would be my exacta. Maybe it's maybe it's Jackie's Warrior over prevalence. I mean, Jackie's Love Warrior it. is a legit contender for the Eclipse Award for Horse of the Year for this year, right? If he keeps going, absolutely. Well, sure. it's early in the year. Yeah, it's yeah. early in the year. But if he keeps I mean, going, that's no, one I, I got in your early. We're list. setting those things up. If, yeah, yeah. I want to say by the way, we we talk about uh, um, on the show Horse Racing Happy Hour. By the way, find us on Thursdays wherever you get your podcast. He's Mike Gandolfo. She's Megan Devine. I'm Louis Rabot. We talk about if these are grade ones, if these are grade twos. This screams grade one. Oh, this one. is a great race. Oh, yeah. Screams grade one. Absolutely. Just a terrific race. You get all of the best sprinters here. And so this is one of those things on the Churchill freaking undercard in race 10. An absolute banger of a of grade one. All right, we're going to move on to the Derby field. We already talked about horses one through five. We're going to go six through ten. Yes, sir. And we're going to start with a sentimental favorite of mine, a horse that I'm not going to be shocked if he wins. He's not my pick right now. But let's go to Messier, who is the six-horse morning line, eight to one. Of course, uh, previously trained by Bob Baffert, Baffert, now trained by Tim Yachtin. Yeah. Didn't really completely fire in the Santa Anita Derby. Horse by the biggest knock because didn't a 100-point race. And uh, Megan, is that legit? Let me go first real quick. Okay, yeah, because I think I, think I know I, I want to let Megan have a longer time than me. If you want to bet Medina Spirit this year, bet Messier. All of the things match up. Wins the Robert B. Lewis, comes back second place in the Santa Anita Derby. And I'm going to defend Johnny Velasquez. I don't think this horse was at all all out in the Santa Anita Derby because they knew what they needed. Stretch out, mile in an eighth, get the distance, get the experience. I'm not worried about the Taba pass. Taba needed more than 40 points to get in the Derby. They were going to go all out with that horse. I think Messier is absolutely in the top four horses here in the Derby this year. Agree. I think he's definitely a top four horse for me. He's, uh, you know, he's kind of got an every other pattern going on right now. Which That's absolutely he's true. He's also on, yes. on path to, uh, to win this next race. But I agree with you. I mean, I've said that before that uh, I don't know if it was on this show or another, but I think he doesn't need to win the San Diego Derby. I'm kind of glad he didn't. I mean, I'm not glad that he didn't get the distance because you want to see a horse stretch out to a mile and an eighth and be able to do that, especially if they're going to go a mile and a quarter successfully. But I still don't think he ran a bad race. I think that Forbidden Kingdom put in a, a really good effort, and then he just hit a wall, which oftentimes we kind of see with horses that bleed. Um, when it's uh, And what I mean by that is there's... Uh, like pulmonary hemorrhaging so sometimes if horses run really fast they they naturally would kind of get that um in their lungs and so that's why we have medications like lasix and other things that uh we can use in some races and not others but uh anyways forbidden kingdom had a throat issue and so he just hit a wall and then was no more but it was him and messier no more but i mean he finished not well i mean the horse is doing fine but he didn't finish well in that race um but messier and forbidden kingdom were battling it out and i think that they're both really talented horses to me messier feels like the forgotten horse feels like he had that one bad effort and we're all like oh never mind but we were all talking about him as this is the derby winner when he won his 
maiden race at Santa Anita and then won in the Bob Hope. I mean, wasn't this the horse yep. that we were all screaming about? And so I think he's – I agree with you, Louie, in that I don't think he needed to win. I'm fine that he didn't win. They wrapped up on him and they saved enough horse. Why get to the bottom of the barrel, you know, the bottom of the tank, when you don't need to, you're going to the derby anyways. That's right. We, so. had, we had this derby draft uh, last – what was it, last week? It was last Thursday. Yeah, yeah, last Thursday. Yep. It seems like forever ago. It does I don't seem know why. like forever ago. Uh, what this derby morning does seems you, like forever ago. <laughs> Messier was my second pick <laughs> in the derby draft, fifth overall, and – Honestly, like when I go back and again think about my three picks, like I'm going to play that trifecta. Yeah, so, you should feel uh, that. That's awesome. Yeah. By the way, shout out to everybody listening because apparently all of you downloaded that episode. I'm yeah. very thankful. Yeah. <laughs> Messier, of course, named after Mark Messier. At least I think he is named after Mark Messier. That is correct. My yeah. favorite hockey player of all time. So we're going to move on to the uh, the seventh or the seven horse horse. What? What? Uh, Maybe Crown. drink some water. Yeah. Hey, by the way, don't worry. We cut Mike off so everyone knows. Yeah. Crown Pride, who is the Japanese horse. And again, yeah. uh, we talked about the Japan horse program and how just influential it's been. They they were awesome at the Breeders' Cup this year, Megan. Yeah, they were. They've been awesome all over the world That's this correct. year, in yep. fact. Um, at all the Peninsula. The yeah. Thing. yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you have to certainly consider that. You know, a lot of what we talk about time and time again is, Kind of the U.S. bloodlines that show up in Japanese, you know, racing and otherwhere. But uh, actually, this horse is pretty much bred through and through with like Japanese bloodlines. You know, I mean, granted, you've got uh, some some influences here and there, but I mean, this is kind of you talk about pride, right? With Crown Pride, not to make a pun, but this truly is the pride of Japan right now because it's you, yeah. their own breeding program, yep. and that's such a huge thing. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I did not. I came into this. <laughs> this is the Kentucky Derby, not thinking that I would at all want to have this horse anywhere on my tickets, and he absolutely will be. Legit shout out to our guy JD, who is our usual, uh, uh, usual good our God publisher, our, our publisher, our publisher. Mike, stop talking. So the <laughs> our producer of the show, producer, our, our usual producer of the show, hangs yes. out with us. Obviously, he, uh, he's he's a remote producer, and so he's not here with us in Kentucky has been on this horse forever, and absolutely forever. And then he gets here, and he loves the surface. The workouts are insane. Yeah. What, I, what I love about how they treat this horse, they let him do what he wants to do. And I'm going to bring up a really obscure horse, and I apologize to everyone listening, but Megan will get this reference right away. Pink Lloyd, <laughs> who is an absolute legend at Woodbine. They'd work him out in the morning, and then they'd let him work out again at night because he just wanted to what? run. Have you not heard this? Two workouts in the day? I don't think that's true. Oh, okay. I heard he works out at the end of the day. Oh, okay. End of for the him day. to work out at night, they would have to have track maintenance there and outright. Oh, okay. I mean, right, legally, right, right, right. that but wouldn't At night, be I mean thing. by the end of the day. I'm sorry. Like at like 5 o'clock. Sorry. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe somebody, they brought him out first set, and then you're saying. They didn't wake him out in the morning. Right. Didn't do the morning. Did Horse the racing. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yes, right. So not, not, not night, night. Not the traditional time It's dark. There's no one out there. They're just letting him run around by himself. There's no one on his back. No, no. He just loved to run, right? Crown Pride's got a piece of that, right? He just, like, they're like, no urging. I'm going to run 46 and a four for a longer, right? He's just got energy. He just wants to run like that. Really interesting entrant here. Feels better to me than the other uh, horses that have come from the UAE, uh, UAE Derby. Mm-hmm. Mike and I did the show in 2019. We had Mendelssohn nowhere near the top three. Yeah. I mean, nowhere near. Lots of people picked him as their winner, which, hey, look, he was royally bred. He's still royally bred. He could be a great sire, frankly, if he wants to be. Uh-huh. But um, if that works out, at least. Uh, Crown Pride, to me, I, I'm going to include them in my tickets, especially in the longer tickets. Uh-huh. It might be a $40, a $40 throwaway, but there you go. I think this is a horse that you absolutely have to use. I, I think he's super talented. I think they've uh, they've done a lot with him. I mean, it's not 
atypical to see uh, the Japanese horses come out. Lonnie was an example of that. They just let them be on the track for a while. They walk them for a while. They'll yep. they'll just be out there for a long time, which I personally love because otherwise he's just sitting in a stall all day. Um, but he's worked. He's had a really interesting work pattern. He's worked every seven days. No, three days ago. Seven days before yeah. that. Three days before that. Eight days before that. Three days before that. Typically, horses work every seven or eight days. And so he's, uh, he's definitely going to be fit by the time they get there. And the fact that he ran the four furlongs workout last time in 46 and four, like you said, I mean, he did it without even urging, and I think he's absolutely a horse that needs to be considered. A little bit concerned because the bell of the starting gate scared him, and so the rider tossed, uh, he tossed the rider, oh, but okay. that was a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think since they've done so much schooling at the gate, he's going to be fine. Okay, we got uh, we got to hustle it up here a little bit to get through these other horses, because I know we're going to want to talk about Zane Don. So we're going to lump together. By the way, they're literally... Uh, People just citizenship yeah. swearing in. Right yeah, now. yeah it awesome. happens every, every day. Yeah, uh, 20 people could be a citizen. Lump together horse eight and horse nine, charge it, and tis the bomb. Is charge it just a toss? No, no, no. no. Legitimate right. long shot chance. We're, we're, Very good, especially if you like White Abario right behind him. All right, Louis, we're going we're gonna to get back to these other horses on the other side of the break. Louis, what's our trivia question? Let's do it on the other side of the break. Trivia question. Largest margin of victory in the Kentucky Derby. We all know about Secretariat in the Belmont. Who has the largest uh, margin of victory in the Kentucky Derby? All right. So we will be right back on the other side, break down more of the Derby field as we go to break here. We'll talk to you next time here on the uh, Horse Racing Happy Hour. Listening to the Horse Racing Happy Hour, presented by Single Barrel Cigar Company on ESPN Louisville. Now, live from Churchill Downs for Kentucky Derby 148, here's Mike, Megan, and Louie. All right, welcome back to Churchill Downs. This is hour three of the Horse Racing Happy Hour's coverage. And, uh, Louie, let's get right to our trivia question here. No problem. I just asked, what is the largest margin of victory? In the Kentucky Derby, it's actually been done four times. Okay. Largest margin of victory is eight lengths. Okay. That's a lot, frankly. It's, <laughs> it's a lot, a whole lot. Who was it? Uh, in 1914, Old Rosebud. Oh, yeah, of course, Old Rosebud. Johnstown in 1939, Whirl Away. Whirl Away. In 1941, yeah. they go. And Assault in 1946. Okay. My dream would be to own a horse named Assault, but here we are. Okay. I don't know if I get that. I don't reference, get it either. Okay. It's not a reference. So yeah. we're uh, we're gonna continue <laughs> talking about the Derby Field in the uh, in this segment. We also will have the Knicks go overnight, which we've already given our picks out. But we'll remind you as we get closer. And Megan will uh, kind of just let you know what the horses look like on the track. Uh, we're of course sponsored by Single Barrel Cigar Company. Go to Instagram, place your order with Single Barrel Cigar Company, and let them know you heard about it on the happy hour, and you might get a little something-something. By the way, if you're heading out to the track, I'm handing those out today. So if you see me, the derriere of the downs, come on, find a uh, little Single Barrel Cigar. Look for a 40-year-old middle-aged man in a seersucker jacket. Should be hard to find. Uh, There's very few white guys with seersuckers. Just go up to seersuckers and be like, hey, are you Louis Rebeau? Are you Louis Rebeau? Just start doing it. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, we were talking. We we're getting ready to talk about Charge It. 
uh, yeah, yeah. eight horse who is lightly raced, has only raced as a three year old. It is a Todd Pletcher horse here who uh, finished second in the Florida Derby, which of course Louie and I think a lot about the Florida Derby, maybe, maybe not as much, but that's okay. Uh, 20 to 1 shot for Todd Pletcher and Luis Saez, who of course won the Kentucky Oaks. We heard the trivia question yesterday that uh, Calvin Burrell was the last trainer to win both the Oaks and the Derby in the same last year. Jockey. Last yep. jockey, yep. yeah. Yeah, last uh, jockey. So I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, I'm going to say no to charge it, but okay. you all are in on charge it, maybe. Maybe to hit the board or to win? I think charge it hits the board. I don't, I don't, you think he hits the board? Wow. Okay. I, I think he's become kind of one of my long shot plays. Um, he's a bus horse now. Just the way that he has been working over this track. I mean, he floats, floats over this ground. It's like he doesn't even touch it. Uh, and I didn't get to see him in Florida, so I don't know if he's just like a really efficient mover overall. Sure. Uh, which obviously he's done well in his races, so that's probably true. He's only finished first or second. Um, obviously, he's only won a maiden race before, so same as Happy Jack, who was a toss for me, but um, I think Charger did much better with his performance in the Florida Derby. He beat Simplification and White Barrio. Again, this is a horse that clearly from the beginning, he's tapping on the on the top, the sired by Tappet, and out of an Indian uh, Charlie Mare there on the bottom out of I'll Take Charge, which I'll have to look up and see. I didn't do a ton of bloodlines here because I felt like I did that throughout the year. <laughs> so I'll have to go back and look at my previous notes from the show, um, but uh, probably from a very good bloodline there. I, I just think Charge it he seems like a horse that makes some sense in here. You know, he's been competitive. If you like White Abarro, if you like Simplification, why wouldn't you like Charge It? I think it's fair. So, yeah. and the way he's been training, had he not impressed me as much in the mornings, I, I probably would have tossed him, but I'm going to keep him in. We actually talked yesterday, Louie, with our, with our boy John Daly from uh, Green Racing Sheets, and he was asking me what I like about, you know, picking a derby horse. And yeah. I, I mentioned how important it is to watch those horses in the morning. I didn't get to do that this year. Sure. Um, but that sounds like right up my alley with charge it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially on that Megan mentioned it. I mean, out of tap or excuse me, by tap but out of an Indian Charlie Mare. I mean that just From the beginning they thought to he's only yeah. gone a mile and over. From yeah, the beginning they're exactly like, Yeah, this right. is not a sprinting horse. That's not an accident in the Pletcher Barn. <laughs> yeah. The uh, horses are getting ready to come on the track for the Knicks go overnight. Is her mm-hmm. uh, Megan We'll be watching closely, but we're going to go ahead and talk about the ninth horse in the Kentucky Derby, which is Tis the Bomb, probably the most besmirched 100-point race winner in the field. That's the idea. <laughs> is that fair? Coming out of Turfway Park, won the Jeff Ruby. I think the important question is, is that needless besmirchment? Because it's a- I think it is. It is. It's warranted on dirt. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And I really like this horse and the way he performs on dirt. I just, the only scenario where this one is going to win is when he goes gate to wire. Okay. That's it because I don't think he can handle, or if he's able to stay a little bit wider, say he sits like second or third or whatever, but he sits off of a horse in front of him. But I think he he cannot get dirt in his face. And I don't know. I mean, he did that. He came from off the pace on the turf. Um, and I know he won by 14 lengths at Ellis Park on the dirt. I do get that. So, again, I, I think he can handle the dirt. I actually think he's really, as far as, a, as, far as a hit at a bomb, yeah, right. I think it's where he is on that surface. And if he can go gate to wire, then yes. If he can't, <laughs> and there's somebody else out there that's going to get in front of him, sure. I don't see this horse winning this race. Yeah, this is a... Which is why he performs better on synthetic and turf, by the way, because there isn't the same kickback that you get on dirt. Yeah, I mean, this horse finished second in that juvenile turf that we've talked about. I mean, frankly, that's been a... I loved him in that race. I lo- I, this horse is going to go to Royal Ascot. I, I think on the turf going or at least forward, England. It, he's really great. 
I what I appreciate about this horse, and it's something that we talked about in the show. I like that they're trying him in the Derby. This is a sire making race, right? I mean, this is where where the three old Colts come to shine. I, I, but I'm with Megan. I don't think he wins here. I think he's up against it in a, in a really serious way. Uh, I like. You know what? It would be really great if Brian Hernandez Jr. won a derby, but I, I don't see it with this Colt. It doesn't mean that if he, like Megan mentioned, if he gets the right trip, maybe. But we're talking about 20 horses, and I just, I'll go ahead and pass here. All right. So then we're going to move on to a horse that looks the part. It's taking probably a route that we probably would not have wanted to see through the Bluegrass Stakes. And this is the 10th horse. Uh, Zandon, trained by Chad Brown, ridden by Flavian Pratt. Uh, Megan, you were on this horse. It was your second draft pick, is that correct? Yes. In the, in the draft, yeah. yes. Uh, where, do you, where do you fit with Zandon now? Um, I don't know. I think he's probably dropped a little bit for me in my top rankings um, because I've inserted some some longer shots in there, which Barbara Road is not one of them any longer. It would much rather have Charge It or Crown Pride. Um, but I I just, I don't know. I The fact that this horse was the favorite, I don't know if that's just because they know Mattress Mac is going to play such a big bet on the favorite, and so they thought it would, like, even out a little bit. I'm not sure. But I... Or maybe he's going to play. Whatever. Something he's going to do. But he won a maiden race. Fine. He finished second in the Remsen um, behind Mo Donegal, who's getting no love. Then he goes to the Risen Star. He finishes well behind Epicenter uh, by three lengths. And Smile Happy. Who he Smile Happy only beat him by half a length, but still. Then he goes to Keeneland. One could say to avoid Epicenter, per se. And wins the bluegrass, and he did well, and he and he, you know, beat Smell Happy, and I really did like his stride. I think he's a really long, lengthy type of horse. Honestly, I think this is my Belmont horse, probably. Um, oh, okay. But I think I've been more impressed by others I've seen on the racetrack uh, this week, and I like Epicenter so much more. I love hanging out with Megan, and and I. She's great on track, picking horses. <laughs> Whenever she tells me, though, that's my Belmont horse, I pay attention. Yeah. She's yeah. great at that. Belmont's her home track. She gets it. Um, so lock it up. No Triple Crown winner this year because Zandon is not going to win the Kentucky Derby, but he is going to win the Belmont. Um, <laughs> it's essentially what I just heard. So, um, Which, I, I wish he did win sprinting six furlongs. I mean, he's a fast horse. I guess he could be two-dimensional. You but. know, you can watch the pace scenario here with Zandon where – it's ninth place, tenth place, eleventh place, and then he has to make a move against a bunch of green horses in the bluegrass. Which he did weave a bit, and that was impressive. Look, and frankly, yes, if he can do that today, good for him. My sense is, with twice as many horses in the race, very, very much less likely. I always worry about those horses that have to run late in the Kentucky Derby in the way that he did. I, to me, he he feels more like he's going to have to have a mind that bird kind of opening on the rail to win this race. And I just don't trust that that's going to be available. So, honestly, to me, Zandon is not. Mike, you, you toss epicenter and you're hitting the board. Zandon's out. For I'm me. tossing Zandon T on that, by the way. Okay, all right. Are you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. We're, We're all off Zandon. Zandon hits the board. And, uh, which means he's going to win the Kentucky Derby, by I the like way. I like Messier much better all, than I like Zandon. I totally agree with you on yeah. that. Yeah. Which means that Zandon's going to win the Kentucky Derby because we all besmirched him. So we're getting ready. The horses are going back towards the gate for race six, which is yeah, the we'll first running of the Knicks go. Megan, uh, Louis, remind us about your pick. Megan, anybody look good on the track? That well, I never got to out? see him. Oh, all right. So they, they, uh, this is a, the race is coming out of the chute, obviously. Yep. Um, and so on the backside. So they came out of the paddock. They did the post grade to the right. Yeah, never and then really they came in front of us. continued. <laughs> so I never got to see them in person. So let's remind everybody there real, real quick of our picks. 
Lou, who'd you have? I, I, again, I had a long shot here. T- the 12 endorsed, which is on a fast track here. Did not like the slop of the Commonwealth last time. Gets back on a fast track here. Still 12 to 1 on the line here. So endorsed for me is an absolute player. Tyler Gaffalione breaking on the outside. Megan was on Necker Island just a little bit here. But also, also gun, gun it. it. But gun it for sure. Another big price, I think, is he still... 10 to 1. Yeah, 10 to 1 on, on gun it um, in the five hole there. Uh, Dream Shake for us, I think, is the, for me the top horse here. The four. Oh, you get nine to two now. Never mind. I withdraw that. I will take nine to two on Dream Shake all day. Coming out of Keeneland, won in a high level allowance last time. I out. really want to know, and I should have looked it up, but the the percentage of stakes races that Peter Urton wins when he ships, because he only wins stakes races at six percent of the time, and sure. I don't know that I've seen that besides like a couple years ago at Keeneland with that horse. I can't remember that big. We watched the works horse. here, though. He's left this horse in Kentucky. He's been working in Keeneland, actually. And I know, so, I know, I know. Right. I'm just saying, as far as winning races in other locations, well, I'll be really, that I'll be not, really clear. I would not have touched him in that Keeneland allowance. Right. Because I would this, have not. This have horse him went to Belmont in the Woody Stevens and didn't win that day either. Like I don't know. I don't think I like Peter and shipping horses for graded stakes races. Got it. I think he does really well in California, but I don't know that this is. I don't know. Maybe she. Maybe he is just really good but i i'm not sure i'm just betting on a well, brother okay hold on a minute uh, i'm betting say, on a brother of sweet on the ladies that's all uh, I, yeah. I just want to say i i do see on the forum that this horse finished second uh, by a head behind jackie's warrior here at churchill downs which that's probably the best performance for me for this horse in its career but um yeah this horse almost won the freaking pad day mile that's right almost <laughs> imagine being mega divide that's great almost <laughs> So if you're, if you're paying attention at home, by the way, we talk about how much horses take to the track at Churchill Downs. Uh, Dream Shake is oh, came in second and has only started at Churchill Downs. Endorsed is uh, 0 for 4. Has never, well, hit the board twice. Came in second, came in third once, but he's never won at Churchill Downs in four starts. Necker Island is a win or, you know, that misses the board completely, but has won five times at Churchill Downs and gunned six starts at Churchill Downs, a win, two places in a show uh so there you go they're, they're getting ready here should be any minute before the race begins uh anything else about any does that does that worry you at all louie about the dream shake and uh endorse never winning at churchill Downs? half a length jackie's warrior what are we doing actually here? it was like a head so it was less than that yeah what are we doing like all right just never won you know Th- thank you, Michael. Appreciate you. Yes, never won. Never Losing won. by head, it means never won. You're Technically correct. Technically yes. never won. You're correct, Michael. <laughs> You're not first or last. <laughs> Look at this guy. Oh, okay, Ricky Bobby. Oh, Mike Bobby. Gandolfo on a, on a Saturday. Look at that. Gandolfo. We're just Gandolfo on a Saturday. <laughs> right? Um, but no, so, a 9 to 2, that price is awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But Jared says it's a serious horse, man. If people are, But people here are looking at that speed figure last time out. That's what they're doing. All right, so uh, they're loading the gate right now. We'll be getting going off in just a second uh, with the Knicks go overnight. So, Louie, why don't we? Uh, can I can I get back to Derby and yeah. just knock off a few because I feel sure. pretty good about it? Okay. I'm tossing Pioneer of Medina. <laughs> All right. Yeah, fair. Agree. All right. Okay, check that one off the I list. Agree with you. Eleven done. Uh, Taba, not for me. Taba, yes for me. I'm nope. Taba, yes for Louie. I would say not for me either. Not for me. He is uh, tiny, and that's fine. I Little mean, Kathleen small Oates horses could. No, no, because he's stockier. He looks more like a quarter horse. I just don't oh, think okay. he's going to like. Right. I don't know if he's going to love the distance. Um, I think he's very lightly raced, uh, which, you know, he has run big numbers or whatever, but 
I don't know. I think uh, I much prefer him as kind of like a, a miler. I think we're going to see him be a really talented miler in his sure. career. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, not for me. All right, well, they're in the gate. We're going to let Avery go with the race call here uh, live from Church of the Ends. I think they're in the gate. Yeah, they're loading. Waiting for Gunnett, who's gone in, Necker Island, and endorsed. They're in the gate, and they're off. Gunnett from mid-pack out okay. Dreamshake is there as well. Perfect Spidey, Injunction is up close. Far outside, Frosted Grace races up as well. But it's Gunnett out to take the lead. Injunction comes on to be second. Frosted Grace joins them from the outside in third. Dreamshake is toward the inside in fourth. Up the chute and onto the main track they go. And it's Gunnett in front. Gunnett shows the way, leads by half a length. Injunction is prompting the pace on the outside in second. Three lengths back to Frosted Grace. Racing in third. Dreamshake is fourth. Necker Island is now fifth. Endorse comes out running along in sixth. Break of three lengths back. Three technique now seventh. AC Expressway is eighth. Perfect Spidey losing ground between horses in ninth. South Bend is 10th and Shared Sense is last of them all with four furlongs to go. The opening quarter goes in 22 and 3. The opening half in 45 and 3. Gunnett onto the far turn showing the way leading by a length and Junction has been second throughout. Dream Shake is tucked away toward the inside racing third. Necker Island is not far behind in fourth. Endorsed is three wide under pressure while fifth. Three technique angles to the outside six. AC Expressway seventh. Shared Sense is bottled up in behind horses with eight lengths to make up. Off the turn into the stretch. Dreamshake comes on through. Dreamshake has taken the lead with a furlong to go. Necker Island is coming on. Three technique takes off down the center of the track. There's one furlong to go. Dreamshake in front. Injunction and three technique outside. Gunnett gives way late. South Bend late on the scene. Down to the wire. Three technique has rallied from off the pace. 36 to 1 on the wire. Just up over Injunction. South Bend that it was either Necker Island or shared sense okay so a 36 to 1 shot pulls off the first major upset of the day at sambito peru on twitter if you're looking for our guy rafa bejarano <laughs> i love it man i love it so there you go uh no winners here for us no. i don't know that's no. why that's a really interestingly run race though that's one that we're going to yeah, go back and watch we'll i think because sure. you know anytime it sets up for a long shot you kind of wonder what happened did they go too fast i mean obviously that was a horse that closed at the end was there some trouble for some others um, I mean, I don't know that there was much of an excuse for Gunnett, who tried to get out there and then wasn't. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a really interesting. Race. Thirty-six to one, seven to one, four to one was your trifecta there. It's going to pay a little more than the try I just did. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's go back to the Derby field here, yes, and please. we're going to go to the thirteen horse. Uh, Antonio Sano comes back. Gunavera a couple years ago. Now he's got simplification. Simplification wins the Fountain of Youth. Uh, Probably some mixed emotions here about simplification, right? There's probably a lot of people cheering for simplification. Is he a contender to hit the board? Uh, I don't think he's for me. I, okay. I liked him in the my iPad's frozen. What do you read in the Florida Derby or whatever? The family youth, and then he came back in yeah, the yeah, Florida yeah. Derby. Okay. Um, so I liked him there, but I I don't know that I've loved the way that he's looked over this particular track in the mornings. Um, I think he. I don't know. He's a tough one. 
I think I would take White of Ario and Charger before I'm taking Simplification. Okay. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I took I took Simplification in the nine spot in our in our um, in our draft. Okay. You know, so I guess I don't agree. I think I would take Simplification ahead of Charge it, uh, just because of the two turn experience and all the things that he's done. I um, I guess at the end of the day, I do not think he wins the Kentucky Derby, even though you do get Jose Ortiz in the irons. Um, but I, I have not hated his last three runs. Frankly, in his last four, he went win, second, win, third. Yeah. So all those are, I mean, look, he's running in, in, in stakes company. Lots of experience that way. Frankly, if you're looking to fill out your trifecta, your superfecta, this is a third, fourth place kind of finish. It's funny because, you know, you kind of think of him as a horse that, I mean, to his credit, he is, he is kind of versatile. You kind of think of him as a horse that is like sits off the pace and, um, or rather doesn't, I'm sorry, is more of a speed horse. He's shown a lot of speed in some of those races, but I actually thought that his run in the Holy Bowl and the Fountain of Youth when he sat off of it a little bit was much better. So if he's able to save some ground, I think that he gets there. But watching him train in the mornings, he's really an aggressive type. He's uh, trained really strong. He really is like pulling his rider's arms off. He was basically <laughs> had, it was like an emergency break when you, typically you pull back, you know, with both your hands to stop a horse. When you pull back with just one, uh, it does something different with the bit in the horse's mouth and it gets more of a reaction. And that's pretty much how the rider was going around with like one rein cocked trying to get this horse to just slow down Wow, okay. because he's really strong. I mean, that being said, he obviously has a ton of energy, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure that this is a horse for me. Okay, we got to let's get through real quick Barber Road and then because we want to talk about White Barrio. Uh, Megan, you said you liked Barber Road uh, coming into it. I liked him a little it. bit, but I also I talked to trainer Johnny Ortiz, and he was like, yeah, we're going to try to take the blinkers off. I think he's going to have, you know, you're going to be able to see things more, break a little sharp from the gate, and then he he brought the horse out and schooled him in blinkers in the gate. And I was like, what's up with that? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to take him off anymore. So I was like, all right, well, I don't like your horse anymore. Well, Barbara Rose, winless as a three-year-old. and right. hit the board in four starts. But he was going to be my long win. shot horse. But I have since seen others that I much prefer. Louis? Yeah, winless this year. That that's a red flag for me for sure. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and pass on Barbara Road. It was the buzz horse for a little while. It seems to have dissipated frankly. All right, so let's move on to the 15 horse, the Kentucky Derby winner, White Abario. <laughs> uh, Louie and I are both White Abario fans. Megan, it's, you're a fan, but you're this is not your pick. Is that correct? Yes. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, you think he's quality colt, but he's probably not. Gonna I do. Win this I think race, he's right? a quality yeah. colt. Um, I think I prefer. I just prefer Epicenter when it comes down to it. Given, uh, I don't know. Like, given We're, the way he he looks, the way he trains. Um, I mean, obviously both horses have been successful in their prep races. I think Epicenter. Let's see here, White of Barrio ran a ninety six, ninety seven. Epicenter is a world three. Yep. Yeah, you, you got a 102, 98. Or so if you're going to consider the, say, at least at a bare minimum, the buyer speed figures, and there's plenty of other numbers to go off of if you're a real handicapper, um, with I am real, not a, real I'm sorry, I meant real, like, degenerate. Like, oh, got real, it. Oh, okay. You want to have, I like, that group. all of the, you want to have the, the rags, you want to have the third graph, you want to have the whatever. Love that this horse has uh, University of Louisville Cardinal silks on, by the way, that the jockey is wearing, and the UofL talk, band is coming way, out she, right now. She's talking about the, talking about the, uh, the winner, winner from the Knicks, uh, the Knicks Go. Yeah, 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 circling around. Our guy Rafa, by the way. As you've got the UofL band All I see is a blue and white number three, so that's all I see. All right, whatever. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think, if, I think what Epicenter on paper is much better than White of Ario. I, I, all right, you want to hear something? You want to hear a terrible horse analysis? Here it comes. So, okay. White of Ario is just, he's tenacious. And he just, he likes to be out front. He likes to win. 
What terrible horse. Sat off the pace in his last two races. There you go. Yeah, ran fifth and third in in an 11 horse field, puts him about seventh, eighth in the Derby. I think that can absolutely be a stalking and good position here. I trust the Florida Oaks as a predictor of the Derby. Uh, I got to talk to Safi Joseph Jr. for like three minutes this week, so I'm all in. Give me White Barrio in the Derby. Uh, Listen, my my take is White Barrio is undefeated in his two races as as a three year old, and to me, has had one of the tougher routes to get to the Kentucky Derby. I mean, he he's gone on he's taken on all comers and he and he wins i mean i just i think this is the horse especially i keep hearing the charge it but is you don't is like a legit shot okay so here's the horses that he beat that you didn't like simplification and mo donegal are like included in that i didn't like mo donegal mo donegal still won a 100 point race i know he has and so is his the bomb so i'm gonna go with white barrio 10 to 1 that's a really good on a florida derby winner there. by the way but i will take by the way in a, in a single race he did beat simplification and mo donegal in the same race he also beat classic causeway went on the win the tampa bay derby i, I um or he was in that race excuse me um and so look i, I think white of those last two races the holy bowl and then the florida derby i i think those are predictor races for the kentucky derby and I will take White Barrio on top. And My biggest here. knock on White okay. Barrio is that he didn't run well. This is one loss was here at Churchill Downs, and that, but that was a two-year-old. That's a yeah. two-year-old, and so okay. I'm going to give it a pass. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so we are at a point right now, Louis. I think we should go ahead and get our next trivia question, and then we'll take a break, and we'll come back for our final segment. We got to still talk about the Old Forster, which is a great turf race. And we got to talk about the Pat Day Mile and the last five Derby horses. So let's do all that in the last segment. Yeah. Louis, what's our last trivia question today? All right. So um, I think it's pretty famous that the only host that's never won the Kentucky Derby is the 17. And that this year is Classic Causeway. I expect that trend to continue. Agree. By yes. the way, what post position has won the most Kentucky Derbies? Trick oh. question. A little trick question. All right. So we'll be right back. Just think about that for a little bit. Text it into the text line. Louis, what's the text line? 437 And we'll be right back. This is the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Hey, yeah, I want to shoot, baby. You're listening to the Horse Racing Happy Hour, presented by Single Barrel Cigar Company on ESPN Louisville. Now, live from Churchill Downs for Kentucky Derby 148, here's Mike, Megan, and Louie. All right, welcome back. Final segment of the Horse Racing Happy Hour. And that's Louie's. I don't know. Louie gave up on clinking glasses. No, they took my glasses. There's... Derby's different than Oaks. There's more people. I don't even want to hear it. No, listen, all I hear is excuses. You know what? I kind of agree with you. Okay. Let's get to There's our trivia right question. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I got several. First, man. All right. What's the uh, trivia question? All right. So the trivia question coming out was what post position has won the most Kentucky Derbies? Is and I agree. one hole? It is the one hole. The starting gate was first used in 1930. Since then, <laughs> the winningest post has been the position five with Since 1930. Wins. 1930. Okay. They didn't have a starting gate before that. How about that? All right. right. They just used the line. Okay. The 10 has the second most. Okay. With nine wins. It was interesting. When we had Safi Joseph Jr. earlier this week, he was excited because the 5, 10, and 15 seems to be good spots to break in the derby. All right. There you go. 17, of course, is the only spot that's never won Classic Causeway. You're 17 this year. Well, let's right. move on, and we're going to talk about, real quick, the 36th running of the Old Forester Bourbon Turf Classic. This is one of Louie's favorite races for sure. No question. And uh, we always see some great horses come out of this race. This is a mile and an eighth on the turf. Uh, 
We'll start with Louie right here. Louie, who do you like in this turf? Yeah, hey, I appreciate that. No, Shul Spite is in this race. Louis Saez showed himself yesterday to be really comfortable here. Ran an unbelievable Maker's Mark mile last time running in April at Keeneland, over a mile. And so a, a little bit of a stretch out, but this is a horse that likes to sit a little bit mid-pack, maybe a little bit behind that. It's going to close later. Has won, um, won his last three races. Wanted to make sure I got the gender right there. Three for three this year. Sometimes you just follow the trend of the horse that's running really, really well. Best form in this race for me, Cheryl Spite, the six. After that, I laid it on the seven cavalry charge. So a little bit longer shot here, the 12 to one. Brian, you're damn right. So uh, Brian Hernandez Jr., Dallas Stewart coming together here. People look at that. Well, it ran third last time in the Muna is down at Fairgrounds. That's fine. In the Fairgrounds itself, at a mile, uh, at this distance, one, uh, two times last out at Churchill Downs, by the way. Two for three lifetime with a second place finish at Churchill Downs. Two for four lifetime at this distance. Landed 6-7 for me in this race. After that, the 8 Adamo, which has won one time at Fairgrounds coming over from uh, running in France. Trained by Chad Brown. So we unfortunately don't get that first time in North America bump with Chad Brown. But second time here, you get Flavian Pratt. So uh, in a weird way, I'm actually 6-7-8 on the top here in the, in the turf. It's weird how you really like all these horses coming out of fairgrounds. And they keep winning? And they keep winning. You're right. <laughs> you know who else is coming out of fairgrounds? Ooh. At the center. <laughs> by the way, that's how you do radio. Folks. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you like Calvary, Cavalry Charge, how do you not like, like Stanton? Stanton? Right, you're totally right. Who's also coming out of that race yep, and beat here. Cavalry Charge. And also, I think you said something about a trend that keeps going, right? Didn't yeah. you? What was that? was a trend something i don't know winning yeah you know who's also winning is chad brown so yeah. <laughs> um i'm gonna go with the eight adamo Love it. who like you said finished second in that debut here in the u.s um before that it had plenty of races over in france um but yeah i think we've seen chad brown's international uh runners do quite well here so i'm going to say that the eight has a serious charge uh, chance and Santon, I think, is a horse we talked about a lot last time. You know, has been favored in the last two races, although yes. hasn't been able to get to the uh, winner's circle. A little bit of an issue with some leads in the fairgrounds, that grade three event, and I'm not sure what happened last time, if there's an excuse. But they are adding the blinkers today, a move at which Brendan Walsh, the trainer, wins at um, 20 and 21%. Okay, and, of course, Chad Brown does have three horses in this race. So, uh, Chad Brown, little Chad Brown. Little Chad, little <laughs> yeah, but Flavian Pratt's on an eight, so. Yeah, well, well I, I read Chad totally on, the, on, on private sector or whatever right so uh let's go to back to the derby we're going to talk about our last five horses yes, and we are looking right now like we're going to have a 20 horse field for the first time in a long time it's awesome in the first time in forever right. <laughs> um we're gonna that, that is not it. how you do radio right. did you get that <laughs> reference no Jesus, that's, that's I don't know. reference. Oh, you know what? You will in three years. Yes. Okay. Yeah. When you have little kids. <laughs> Got it. All right. So we're gonna we left off. We're at the 16. This is a very intriguing horse. This is the Arkansas Derby winner, Brad Cox, looking to win the Derby the real way uh, with Cyberknife, so. Frenchie aboard, and like he's super excited about this horse. He talked about Cyberknife like he talked about Mandaloon last year this week. And so I'm interested to see, coming out of that Arkansas Derby, credit to Megan. Megan had him on top of the Arkansas Derby. I had him second. This is the horse that beat Secret Oath. If you want to trust that form from yesterday in the Oaks to, to transfer to the Derby today, that's it. 
long shot. 16. Uh, Cyberknife is 20 to 1 on the morning line. I have not seen the updated odds for the Derby, but my sense is, and they're about to flash in front of us, uh, seven at a time, of course, which is terrible timing for radio. Um, <laughs> my sense is you'll still get double-digit odds on Cyberknife when they go to the game. I'm a little surprised that Cyberknife is, is 20 to 1. I, I think agree we'll with you. see him. Oh, my God. Hold so, on a minute. So, by the way, shout out. Our guy, our guy Zach is an absolute baller of you a are runner. A gem. I mean, just an absolute a baller true of a runner. Gem. We, we've reached the point where we have a runner for this show for the Derby shows. He's got his, his name is Zach. He flew from Texas for this, and and Megan literally just types up on on the notepad. I need sugar. Essentially, it was much longer than that because it's Megan and she can't do anything with very few words. Yeah. And so I was like, Hey Zach, I'm a New Yorker. What do you want from me? Pregnant woman, get me sugar. Zach shows up with chocolate. No, the best part about this is that we were literally talking about this yesterday. Like so the good. end of Western about, civilization. No, there was this food. <laughs> there, the people here, I don't know who they are, on the Churchill Down Speed that they hire for like the day. Um, <laughs> we're talking about like the corn dogs and all that stuff. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. weird because it was just that the entertainment value, it made me sad a little bit that like this is what we have to do to like keep people entertained, but whatever. Um, but the one thing that they did have was the brownie and strawberries on a stick. And I was like, you know what? I can get behind that. Absolutely. By the way, and I forgot about that and now I just got one and I'm so excited so tune Cyber- into the stream to see me eat this Cyberknife is at 13 to 1 present still a good number yes okay yep and frankly I think thir- I, and I imagine Megan will actually agree with me it's a fair number that's exactly what I was going to say I was hey. going to say like 12 to 1 for him so yeah right and so Megan a question coming down on the text line 437968 send us your derby picks by the way I'll read some of those off at the end of the show is it better by the way this is a first time better thank you for tuning in is it better to bunch of exact combinations or would you rather just place a couple of win combinations in the derby. Place a straight win bet, I guess. I, I mean, agree with that, especially if you'd like a cyber knife or something. Especially in the derby because there's so many horses. Your so odds many good numbers. of hitting the exacta are a lot less than, I mean, play some other races I think and try some exacta combinations if you want to, but I think the derby's a really tough one to do. I would rather do you know, instead of spending all your money on a like a larger base exacta and boxing it, spend your money on a couple of win bets and try. To me, there's there are two ways to think about For this. A new better. If you want to try to hit the lottery ticket, the exact is the way to go. Right. If you want to try to hit a reasonable bet that will also pay well, the win bet is absolutely the way to and go. And Megan, sometimes you hit the trifecta and it doesn't you know don't get to cash the ticket. Sometimes you hit the win bet and you don't get to cash the ticket. Like I did <laughs> like a win bet on Mandaloon. <laughs> Max a big one. No one no one in this crowd is salty or angry. Oh. Or whatever, yeah, right. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the 17. We already talked about Class Causeway a little bit. Let's do a quick toss. Uh, toss it. It's like toss 90, it. 89 to 1 or something like that now. Toss it. Uh, nice horse, just not fast. Tawny Port in the 18. Um. Ricardo Santana Jr., friend of the show. Fantastic, fabulous hands, or fantastic housewife. He's going to finish 13th. And I hope there are like three people, like one in Virginia, two in LA, and like someone who's like, wow, a fantastic housewife, Ricardo Santana Jr. reference. And our feed just died because it wasn't plugged in. Well, you don't get to um, watch me eat the rest of this. Yeah, yeah, there that's you go. really a shame. Um, I'll try to eat closer to the mic so you can hear it. I will say, I think Tawny Port has been a toss for a very long time. Reeks of me to a, a poor man's tis the bomb as far as needing to be on turf, do the synthetic thing. By the way, nothing wrong with living on the turf and living on the synthetic. For me, in the Derby, though, Tony Port, we're done. Yeah, All right, he won though in a graded stakes race on the dirt. I do think this 19 horse is a is a long shot that is getting a lot of buzz. Uh, yeah. Of course, coming out of Brad Cox's barn. Sure, and that's Zazos. It's Zozos, number Zozos, one. Zozos, Zazos, Zozos, Zazos. It's Zozos. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the fact that he finished second behind Epicenter, I don't think he's for me. 
just personally, watching him on the track and stuff, and, and I think he's really cute. He's got a big white face, and his name is really cute. I think he'll get a lot of attention for that reason. But he's out. But for me... I give him some credit because he finished behind Epicenter, but I think Epicenter was going to win no matter what. Manny Franco couldn't win on uh, Tisla Law in the Derby. I doubt that he can win on Tisla all right. Agree, and agree with that. With the scratch of Ethereal Road, we have Rich Strike in the race now. Uh, any thoughts on Rich Strike? Could he be the maximum security, given that he won a maiden claiming race? <laughs> right? <laughs> maximum security did the same thing. No. I don't think so. Um, yeah, not for me. I'm just really excited for the connections that they have a horse in the Derby. So just live it up. Okay. You know? Then let's get into how you're actually going to structure your Derby bets and what your actual Derby picks are. So awesome. Louie, I'm going to start with you because I know you've already thought this out. Yeah, so I think that there's a couple of different ways that you can think about how you'd bet the Kentucky Derby. I like to play the exacta because, to me, that's the maximum amount of value. I think you should try to have an exacta that you total bet around $50 if you're going to play it. Pick the four or five winners that you think are most likely, and then take about half the field and put them in second place. Almost guaranteed with 20 horses that that's going to play several hundred dollars. That's the best way, in my opinion. Grab those horses you really believe in to win. Grab horses that you think are going to be picking off spots and or really have a chance to win. I have one that's about 45 bucks, and I think that it'll pay easily in the $300 range. You want to give us that bet or not? Sure. So I have 367, 12, and 15 with 1, 3, 5, 6, 7, 12, 13, 15, and 16. So lots of different horses there. Um, but essentially, if Epicenter, White Abario, uh, Messier, Taba, uh, Crown Pride call, come in in the first spot, I've got those five horses ready to go. And then I've got all of them in the second spot as well, along with another. Megan, by the way, is crushing strawberries right now. It's this is and brownies. I mean, I mean, and bro- oh, there's brownies in the middle. Yeah, that's what, what that, that's what's in the middle. What a ridiculous stick of American food it's that amazing. is. Yeah, they're just crushing. I love this so much. And white and, and dark chocolate. It's beautiful. It's very. Uh, it's not very often that I feel good for Megan because she lives this ridiculously charmed life. Like you know, like I work so hard. For I'm that waiting for her to go after this. There's a second skewer, no. and she's gonna go after that second skewer next. I'm telling you right now, it's gonna happen. Zach is literally balling it. Our runner is just holding. He's literally 60% standing by, <laughs> standing by with more chocolate and brownies for me. You're, you're eating for two. I mean, I strawberries you. and brownies for me. It's think, totally fine. You should eat whatever you want for sure. 100. Oh my god! I'm gonna get fat anyways. <laughs> just let's go all in. Louie and I are gonna leave the, the house, track and go man. get Megan a milkshake here in a little bit. <laughs> Pickles and peanut butter or something like that. Ew. Just, like, put a root beer float in there, please, too. (laughs) So something like that, where you can get some value, cover a lot of bases there. Um, I I think that there's a lot of value in the, um, excuse me, in the exacta. When I play the Oaks, by the way, I try to play a trifecta because it's 14 horses. I feel like I have a better handle on that. But once you get to 20, it really is much, much harder to predict three and four spots. And especially since the Superfecta is a dollar base on Derby Day, considerably harder to come up with that and, and make it an affordable bet. And I'll be really honest with the takeout rates on the actual Derby race. To me, I try to play the pick three, pick four going into the Derby. Megan, I have a feeling I know what your Derby bet is. Uh, and I'm I, probably going to key Epicenter if yeah. I'm going to play an exacta. Sure. I'm going to key him and use a couple of horses underneath. And frankly, my long shot. Which she says the, key, by the way. Yeah, let's explain She that means that, that Epicenter is the only horse in the first spot. Right. And then the all the other horses that she picks will be in the second spot. Boxed. Right. Well, no, yeah, no, not, not boxed. boxed. I mean, yes. Right. So it gives straight me the option. Yes. It's a straight exacta. 
No, I know. There's a straight exacta. We know with that horse in front. I'm just trying to correct myself. Sure, you <laughs> so it's not confusing. I once had this professor in school. Give me all I the I was like stars. already bad at math. And he would do everything on the board, and then he would erase it and be like, oh, never mind, that's not right. And I was like, but I just learned that. So I don't want to teach people something wrong. Yeah, right. But, um, yeah, so it gives me the opportunity. It's essentially a couple of bets, but... It would be epicenter on top, and then a few options for my second place horse. So it's it's multiple bets essentially, but that's what the direction are I'm going. If I'm playing all exactly. your toss horses, or are you just are you going to limit it a little bit? Are no, you... so it would be epicenter over. Um, hold on. By the way, you did epicenter over everyone. That's a nineteen dollar bet. It's not, it's not a bad bet if you really over, believe epicenter. Yeah, but if you it. increase your base wager, but but yeah, you could. Yeah. Epicenter over Crown Pride, Charge It, Messier, and Zandon. There, ooh, like, so that would be a. I might th- I might throw in Cyberknife. I haven't a, decided yet. That's a five dollar bet with just those five horses. Cyberknife would make a six dollar bet. That's really really approachable. Yeah. Uh, but you're more likely probably to just go epicenter with a pretty large. I'm win gonna bet. a big win bet. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, when you make Mega Divine money, we're talking like a you know. When you make oh, I agree. small bucks. Yeah. When you're when you're Mega Divine, you just everyone else just gets out of the way. I make it's zero amazing. dollars. I mean, like, we go down to the betting windows. Everyone just clears. By the way. Yeah, Megan walks yeah. through. People just get out of the way. I mean, it's just this whole thing. I mean, it's just it's a vibe, wanna, as the kids say, it's a vibe. Avery, do you have a, a derby vibe. bet? <laughs> Oh, Amazing! Angry. I don't. This is my first derby. All right, Avery, well, that you, means you have to make a derby bet because the inner block is a real thing. It's All a right. real thing at the blackjack table. And it's a real <laughs> thing here. So go. <laughs> Pick your favorite number or your favorite color. We'll, we'll go with eight. That seems like a good number. Oh, I love it. That's charge it. Charge it. Oh, okay. All right, the All horses right. are getting ready to come on the track for the Pat Day Mile. This is how we're going to end the show. We're going to talk about the Pat Day Mile, so by another the way, one of Louis' favorite races. You know, by the way, let's let's uh, before we do that, let's yep. let's finalize how we feel about Derby. Megan did that very succinctly just now. Go ahead and pull your Derby back up. You're exact to do that one more time. I'm sorry. Um, so you have epicenter in the top slot. The three. Uh, with Crowd and Pride, seven or Charge It, eight or Messier, six or Zandon, ten or possibly Cyberknife. I think well. Cyberknife is the wild card here. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think we. All I feel haven't that way, decided actually. how I feel about him. And he's the sixteen. No, uh, Cyberknife is the yeah the sixteen. Excuse yeah. me, I was right. Yes, okay. Yeah. And so, um, I largely agree with Megan. Are you are you like you're off white of Barrio altogether? Like not even hitting the board, huh? Yeah. No. Wow. Okay. I think right. that I I think and that's based on his physical build. Yes. Um, it's just based off of I I just I don't like him as much as some of the other ones. I mean, I I don't think in my top selections. Okay, so Epicenter was the fairgrounds route. Crown Pride International, fine. Messier California, Zandon Fairgrounds, and then avoided Epicenter to go to the Bluegrass, uh, and then Charge It would be the other one. So that's the eight horse. That would be my only Florida horse. I don't feel that the Florida races were as strong as the fairgrounds races this year. I will call you on that then. If you're going to include Charge It, shame on you to not include. I, as a long shot. In, as because, White Mario. But I, on paper, I would not. I would not include Charge It if it was just on paper. But having seen the horse in person, physically, over this track, each service is different, includes. Got it. Okay. So it is a physical thing then with White Mario. With Charge It. No, with White Barrio. Why would you leave him out if you think the Florida thing is? is, is I haven't saw him on the track a couple of times. He hasn't been here for that long. He shipped in pretty late, but that I was, just that was the idea. Apparently, we were told. Right. As close to Derby Day as possible. But even that didn't work for him because uh, Safi was saying something about the, how it rained and whatever, and so the weather still affected him there, probably more so than it would affect him here. Hey, he told me and that he, he thought also he was had the, car. So, okay. he also had um, 
that was an issue for him too. He had some inconsistent weather in training, or he had a fever yeah, or Florida something. Yeah, for sure, that happened. Yep. For miss it and had to miss a work or something like that. Or and he still won the work. Florida Derby. Right, he still won the Florida Derby. Yep. I, I like him. I think he's going to finish top ten for sure. So, uh, legit, if you had to pick just a straight up bet, who's going to finish better, the Santa Anita Derby winner in Taba or the Florida Derby winner in White Barrio? Who will finish better in the Derby? White Barrio. White Barrio. Okay. All right. I just checking. I just I want to see. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. So we're I'm just go. not a Taba fan at all. Okay. So for me. I really do like Whitebarrow. I think he's an absolute. I think he's a stunner of a runner. I love him. I did not. That's never come out of my stunner mouth of before. I'm very sorry for okay. everyone listening. I apologize. That's your new name instead of Darrier of the Downs. No, I am stunner of a runner. No, I'm Darrier of the Downs. Nope, you're now stunner of a runner. I'm so big fudge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so big fudge. Um, I I have I have come around on Cyberknife, unfortunately, which means he is going to finish tenth or something. Um, but I do think uh, I do think Messier is the ultimate wild card. As far as if he gets the right trip, I to me, if all of the horses get their ideal trip, Messier wins the Derby. So this is a very interesting Pat Day Mile that's coming up with a heavy favorite in Jack Christopher who has not run since yeah. uh, last October. By the way, if you search online, I'm sure you can find a picture of me and Pat Day where Pat Day looks very nervous, like I'm going to eat him or something like that because the <laughs> which size did difference. not happen, Pat Day. I did not in eat your that. face. Yeah, I did not eat Pat Day. Um, <laughs> Uh, if you're growing up in this area, Professional though, like, radio people. you grew up Pat Day as just like oh. such an icon, and yeah. I love uh, I love this race. He's the only jockey that has Louisville's the, the, the you know they did the hometown heroes. Yeah. Pat Day has his own his Pat own Day. Yeah. This is yeah. Pat Day, for sure. Pat's Louisville or whatever. Yeah, Pat's yeah. Louisville. All right, so uh, what do we think about this race, Megan? Well, I didn't scroll far enough up. Give me a second. Okay, Louis, do you have any thoughts on this? Okay, there we go. Oh, I'm ready. Oh, ready, ready. 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 Okay, so this is the return of Jack Christopher, um, yep. who was a very highly that. regarded horse. He's right now at four to five. Favorites do win this race 40% of the time. So we mentioned earlier in that turf race wow. that favorites only win 20% of the time. So big awesome. difference there. Um, this is the 96th running of this race as well. So it's been around for a hot minute, but obviously not always named the Pat Day Mile. They changed the name in honor of Pat Day. It is a one-turn mile. They come out of the chute here. I just think Jack Christopher was such a stunner uh, in his only two races that he's had so far. He was kind of the buzz horse for everybody of, like, this is the Derby horse, this is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner, etc. Then he had some issues, so they gave him some time off. So after his October 2nd race, he did not make the Breeders' Cup, and he did not make Derby prep races. They didn't push him. That being said, they didn't push him. He was healthy enough. He was training, just not on the kind of training regiment that you would see of a Derby horse, of a Derby contender. Um, And so Chad Brown is absolutely bringing this horse back in a spot that he knows his horse has a very good chance to win. Again, he comes back with horses over 180 days or more. He wins at 27% of the time with a massive sample size. That is not skewed because it's just a couple. That is true. Um, He's fast. He's, I just think, strong and he's absolutely the horse to beat. I think the one major general is a horse that I was really kind of disappointed. Um, I thought he would beat Tawny Port last time at 7-1. to Would have been a nice price in the Lexington. Um, But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. Todd Pletcher, of course, uh, has trained competitive edge in 2015 who set the track record for this race. But um, he's got the one horse major general who would be my other selection in here. Louie? Yeah. You have a horse that you see and you're like, you know what? I think he can jump up here. And for me, that's Tejano Twist, the six. We're running in, in lesser company. That horse is going to hit the board, I think, here. But I'm with I'm with Megan. I think man. that horse for me was named Channel Maker. Yeah, but. right. <laughs> so don't bet it, folks. Or maybe you can and I can't. I don't know how that works. Um, but Jack Christopher, it's, it is literally, if he comes back, 
even at 80%. I right. think he wins this race. And again, we talked about it earlier. This is a day when you have to decide which of the Chad Browns coming off the layoff is going to be the one that's going to show up today. Jack Christopher absolutely by every measure seems to be the one that's going to. And in fact, for his last work, they shipped him here to Churchill Downs. That horse has been here for a couple of weeks. That tells me that they really, really want to win this race. And look, this is a prestigious... These are the horses that could go one turn and not go two turns for the Derby, right? And so this is an absolutely high-level, prestigious grade one. I don't know that I think this is even a grade one field, which makes me feel even more confident about Jack Christopher. Can I tell you a horse that I think is a bit of a long shot in here? If I was to play like a funsy exacta, it would be a straight exacta. It would be Jack Christopher over Howling Time. Howling Time. All right. Because Howling Time, Dale Romans has a a weeb. He's like the East Coast version of Doug O'Neill. He is the East Coast version of Why Not Us. Sure. Putting horses in spots that are essentially kind of too big for them. But um, Howling Time is a horse that has done very well here at Churchill Downs. He is two for three over this track. Um, And also, he won very nicely in one of his better numbers, speed numbers, over six furlongs. They then stretched him out at the mile and a 16th distance at Churchill Downs right here. Um, And he beat Red Danger, who was a horse that came back to win his next start. And he did well there. Then they run him in the Kentucky Jockey Club. A lot of people thought he would do well. He did not that day. I think there was a bit of an issue because they gave him some time after that. And then since then, he's come back in some pretty tough graded stakes races at a mile and a 16th, which I believe are both two turns. Yep. To check the mile and a 16th at Gulfstream, but I believe it is two turns. This is not a, a two-turn race. This is a one-turn race here at Churchill Downs. The fact that he did so well over the one turn, one of his better numbers he ever run ran at six furlongs, tells me that this could be a horse that could pop up here and at least finish maybe in the top contenders. I still think his numbers are fast. I think it's pretty much Jack Christopher and everybody else, so sure. why not take a shot with a longer I hear you. horse right in second place yeah. to try to make some money? Yep. All right, so uh, we're going to end the show by the, what the rates call uh, the Pat Day Mile. We won't come back after that. So this okay. is it. This is our final That's parting it. shots right here as they're uh, as they're approaching the gate. Great day. The sun's out. It's a little cool, but actually I, I like it. If this is fat guy in sports coat weather. <laughs> I love it, Louie. It's usually pregnant lady weather, but Megan didn't have any. I am not like, that far along. Yeah, she's not, I'm not that far yeah, along that for me to feel like that. <laughs> I am freaking freezing. Hey, happy birthday. If I had yeah. some bugs on, I put, oh. we have been, we've known because we're, we're family here. We, we've been thrilled for you. We're still thrilled. And frankly, it's Thank awesome you. that you get to share the news with everyone. Thank and, you. Um, so happy birthday. Happy motherhood. Happy Mother's Day tomorrow, by know, the way. it's exciting. Party out. Get on that McKinney. I'm just kidding. Don't get on the Hey, we got to say happy Mother's Day to two other special ladies. Yeah. Yeah, to Kristen, to, to Chrissy, our ladies for sure, and um, uh, and my mom who's here today. Your mom's here today. Oh, yeah, that's right. Awesome. Yeah, my family's gotcha. here today. By the way, women we don't deserve. They have that in common. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we also don't deserve Megan. Uh, total fun <laughs> to do this. All of you who have been hanging with us the last, gosh. This Forever. Is a, this is my fifth derby. Yeah. Uh, we've been doing a horse racing habit. It's our third derby. So you very didn't cool. do us regularly. Yeah, you know, Thursday it's nights. a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. The live shows are a different vibe, and I love it. Uh, and those are awesome. And honestly, I wish we did more of these. I really hear you. should because we're going to figure it out. I think they're fun, and yep. I think uh, you guys win a lot when I give you fixed five. So <laughs> happy birthday to my Aunt Marianne. <laughs> happy First Communion, Liam, in Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> uh, thanks to Single Barrel Cigar Company. Yeah, Green Sheets. Thanks cheese. to Green Sheets. Thanks to Horseshoe Indianapolis. Absolutely. Cody Photography, Cody photography for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and Solutions. Solutions. Everybody that sponsored us this year makes these things happen. And thanks to Avery back in the studio. Every- 100. And by the way, on top of that, Andy, all the guys at 680, 
we appreciate being able to do this. This honestly is very fun for us, but it allows us to expand our base. And so shout out to all those people, too. And again, if you want to listen to the Horse Racing Happy Hour, we are live every Thursday night at 8 o'clock. The horses are in the gate. You can also find us on any podcasting platform. Again, thank you for listening. This has been the Horse Racing Happy Hour. are in the gate. Beginning for Major General from the inside post. Papa Cap breaks alertly as well. My prankster on the far outside races up and Diesel's not far behind and Jack Christopher gets a forward spot coming on through between horses and angling toward the outside. Up the chute they go and it's Papa Cap in front. Jack Christopher has come on to be second and is tracking this pace with six furlongs to go. Major General toward the inside is racing in third. And then it's my prankster dancing up into fourth. Trademark is now fifth. Cavode comes away running along in sixth. Doppelganger in the clear while seventh. Trafalgar advancing toward the rail from eighth. Ben Diesel's back at ninth. Though Captain is tenth. And Tejano Twist is the trailer down the backstretch run. The opening quarter goes in 22 and three-fifth seconds. They're halfway home. And that opening half was 45 and three. And it's Papa Cap the leader as they round the far turn. Jack Christopher getting closer with each and every stride now. Just a neck behind with three furlongs to go. Jack Christopher's looking for the lead. Papa Cap trying to hold it. They round the far turn together. My Prankster's in a full-out drive trying to close in from third. Major General's back into fourth. The rest have a lot to do. They're off the turn. They're into the stretch. Papa Cap is tough. Jack Christopher is right alongside there, shoulder to shoulder with one furlong to go. My Prankster third trying to close in, but right at the eighth pole, Jack Christopher is set down for the drive, and he responds and opens up. Opens up by two. Papa Cap gives way. My Prankster, and then it's O Captain, but Jack Christopher streaking under the wire. The three-length winner in the end. Ended up pretty tight for second there between Papa Cap and my prankster. Oh, Captain was fourth. Body Armor Edge is sports hydration with a boost of caffeine. With a hundred milligrams of caffeine and a thousand milligrams of electrolytes, Body Armor Edge is boosted hydration for today's athlete. Get your Body Armor Edge today at your local Kroger. Hey guys, there's no better time to sign up for TVG because right now you can get a 50% first deposit match up to $250 to bet the Derby coming up next week on Saturday, May 7th. That's right, new players can get a 50% deposit match up to $250 when they sign up using our promo code WHBE. Now, TVG gives you all the tools you need to help bet like a pro. You'll get access to free picks 
picks, race previews, and so much more. So sign up with promo code WHBE and get a 50% first deposit match up to $250 exclusively on TVG.com and the Watch TVG app. Agent residency restrictions apply. New users only must place first qualifying deposit within 15 days to sign up. Bonus issued a non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 30 days. See terms at TVG.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Tired of eating the same homemade meals over and over again? Want to switch it up? LocallyOwnedDelivery.com safely brings the restaurants to you. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner. They'll bring it to you. Delivery.com delivers some of the finest restaurants in Metro Louisville. Miss going out to eat but still want to support your favorite restaurants? Delivery.com has got you covered. Use promo code order now for $10 off your next order. Sit back, relax, your meal's on its way. Delivery.com. We bring the restaurants to you.